Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this winter Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. The sports program starts right now. Much mana! Much mana to you boys as well. The Toxic Table at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys Tone Diggs is here looking sharp. Thank you. Thank you. Tone had adult life that he had to take care of this morning, so he did miss the morning Thunderball Boys Mm session. That was top-notch this morning with one of the guys in the back at Evan Foxy. Hello. Hey, good playing this morning. You look super cool today, too. Thank you. Great playing. Thunderball is the greatest game on earth. It's just a more athletic version of pickleball. It's the best. Listen, I'm not saying that good pickleball players wouldn't be able to pick up Thunderball, but our game is certainly different than pickleball. I watched that pickleball slam this weekend with Chris Fowler on the call, Mm -hmm. McEnroe, Chang, Roddick, and Augusty. Yep. Andre. Mm-hmm. And his wife, I think. Yeah, Steffi, Steffi Graf. Graf. She made an appearance in there. Okay, Baller. I didn't want to get too many things wrong there. I don't want to put anybody in any jeopardy. Definitely a similar game to what we play here. Yeah. We got a little bit more running and movement, mm-hmm. I think. They yeah. have such good hands, though. John Their Ma- hands. John McEnroe is going to start playing pickleball. I yeah. Think. yeah. He's going to be good. And they needed him there. Yeah. He yeah. was a massive piece of it. But it was great battling with you boys this morning in the morning Thunderball session. Um, Foxy is the mannequin. You know when you go to a store and it's like the mannequins up there? That's his body build. So he can literally walk. You know how people do like window shopping and when you go car shopping, you actually see the fucking car? Mm -hmm. Like when Foxy walks into a store, it's like, oh, that mannequin, pretty good. I'll take the mannequin, whatever it's wearing. Good fit. Uh, That mannequin, I'll take the mannequin's pants over there and the mannequin shirts over there. So he's super high fashion. Today you killed it, Foxy. Thank you, sir. H&M, Target, our store. That's all it takes. That's not all it takes. Boom. Mannequin. Dude, he walks right not the other No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Clarify no, We're talking about skinny, white, yeah, yeah. basic awesome, mannequin. Awesome. Forever 21 mannequin. Yeah. H&M. Under Armour mannequin's Dewey Johnson, isn't yeah. it? So it's really much. none of us. No, he was a dude from, I think, Mobile, Alabama. I, 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 I actually met the person, I think. Really? <laughs> Just a yoke son of a bitch. Y'all see Leprechaun say, yeah! Yeah, well, that also happened in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I mean... What a run down there. The founder of Mardi Gras, Mobile, right. Alabama. Unreal. Anyways, Foxy Great battling this morning. At Viva Lazito's right next to him. Nick Moraldo's in the second stage there. And also Dirty. We got Mitt Dirty. on the phones on the All 5 right. Energy phone line. one 833 432 Yeah, you just said Dirty's name. Dirty's one of the coolest names in the history of people. But also his graphic design work really taking the next uh-huh. step, Pop isn't not. it? Oh, yeah. Pop not. He's been working out, too. You see him pumping oh, iron yeah. in the hot house. Oh, yeah. Hello, baby. Dirty. Proud Dirty, of you, Dirty. Billy McComas is back throwing weight around in the morning and joining us on stage yet again. Has a locker in the Thunderdome now. 14 year NFL corner, Adam Pac Man Hey, hey, thank you for the locker, guys. Yeah, no problem. Thank Welcome you. to the Don't team. Look at us. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're lucky to have you. There's claps yeah. in the back, too. Yeah. Yeah. You got stick taps in the back, too, Smell pal. Me, you've done a great job. We're very thankful that you've been able to make this kind of work in your life. You drive over from Cincinnati, yeah. hour and a half trip, roughly, right? Hour 40. Oh, 10. Depends on the game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This will be smart, especially with tornadoes going on. By the way, weather aware, uh, Wednesday seems like everywhere in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. most specifically here in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. T's and P's, positive thoughts with everybody. We're scared to death about what uh, could potentially come. The Doppler is not being nice right now, but you have enough time to make it back home after doing a whole show here and run your kids to death. Hey, I saw uh, (laughs) I saw your kids on Instagram last night. Mm -hmm. They're they're running hills. Junior's Uh going to be a dog. Trinity seemed like she was ready to fucking fight you last night. 
last night. Good parenting out of you, Pac-Man. I enjoyed watching it. I appreciate it. But, yeah, she called me everything but the child of God yesterday. But, <laughs> hey, bro, you got to start them young. And you got to – I'm teaching my kids, you got to work for what you want. Hell, yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about anything. things, goals. So, they want to be the best. I'm just going to do my best and try to do things so they can skip the line, which that hill is one of them. It's a hell of a hill. It's about 220 yards from the bottom of the It hill. looked so yeah. far. It looked so yeah. far. So far. I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, a lot of hills. Mm-hmm. I think hills are a great way to train. I think any person that has ever done it would sing its absolute praises. Watching your kids run up those things last night, there was a Cadillac Escalade at the bottom. That's right. Great At the car. bottom of the hill. So you kind of get comfortable, right? You start oh, looking yeah. around. You're Trinity, you're a little uh, junior. You start looking around. You're like, oh, life is pretty good here. Mm-hmm. And then you got let's go up at the mm-hmm. top. And they're running sprints. I loved everything about it. Yeah. Um, it was a good day. I'm quite sure they sold today. But they, you got to work hard, man. So I got nothing but D1 and superstars. So I told you that. these, All these fucking kids are going to be superstars. Oh, yeah. If they say they want to do it, I'm going to push them. So they can do it. So yeah, yesterday was a was the hill day. Today we're doing them but like uh band work. So it'll be good. Think about that. Just growing up, we got band work and hills. Sure. You know, the guy who ran a four two eight at the combine fourteen years as a corner in the NFL is giving you basically the blueprint. Hey, this is what yeah. you need to do. Yeah. This is what everybody else is doing. When you get older, this is what you're gonna be doing. So you might as well just get a head start on all of that right now. Generational talent is something that you literally can't teach. It's just like kind of all the benefits are surrounding you at all times. Yeah, everything you're saying is exactly why we think in the draft, if you can get a kid yes. who is the son of a pro or a brother of a pro, you can like if you he, know if he has the ability. Yeah, if he has the ability, yeah. A lot not of them, everybody's kids. Yeah, no, no, no. necessarily. You know what I mean? As not of late, kids yeah. are. As of late, there's been a lot of kids. I mean, Joey Porter Jr. this year now. Hey, where he's going? Probably you know the New England Patriots. If I had <laughs> in your bra. Oh, whoa! Oh, Joey Porter Jr. Oh. on your oh. team. Oh. oh, oh! We picked before the Steelers, unfortunately, but. Probably New England. Sorry, Tony. Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, there's a if you can get a second generation person, they already have all the answers to all the bullshit that mm-hmm. could potentially yeah. come. The little things, let alone coming from you, Pack, getting dropped into a top six pick mm-hmm. in Nashville, out of Morgantown, like all the little tricks of like handling life yeah. as a professional athlete and as how you take care of your body to keep mm-hmm. it going. Such a weapon. You're a good dad over there, Pack. Uh, we have Eli Manning joining us what? today in about 21 minutes. Okay. Eli. How about it? Yeah. Kind of came out of nowhere. Let's go. Yeah. Kind of came out of nowhere. Eli Manning's joining the show today. Love Future you. Hall of Famer. Eli Eli. Eli. Coming on the show Purple today. Champion. Two times. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Bruce, what's Eli Manning's nickname? Also in the back there, running the computer in the backboard. Goat Slayer, baby. Oh, yeah. That's what he's trying to push. Oh, okay. Now, remember, Bruce. Vic- Victor Cruz as well. I just found out he's in on it, too. What's that? That he would like to push the Goat Slayer? Yeah, he just said it. Basically, talked about him. He's both the goat and the goat slayer. Whoa, that's what he said. Well, I like that out of Victor Cruz because Victor Cruz had that fucking cha cha. Remember, he went dancing with the stars. Uh Where is he at? A university somewhere in Northeast. UMass, yeah, yeah, UMass, tiny, tiny. They 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 weren't even D one at the time. Now they are, and they get beat by fifty, but. Still. I remember, like, uh, are they really? Oh, yeah. They just elevated uh, to D1, and they get the doors blown off them every single game. Yeah, I'm sure UMass has all the NIL money you could potentially oh, need, yeah. though, to build that program <laughs> sure. back up. Ooh, of course. The next Victor Cruz is right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Right. seven UMasses, though. And, unfortunately, the last UMass, uh, the big recruit was Andy Isabella in Arizona. Uh, he got drafted in, like, the third round. You know, yeah. Big-time player. It's just since then. Well, anyway, I haven't seen much. Victor Cruz came Monday Night Football. Was it a Monday Night Football game where you're, I, I, in my... Against the Jets, right, with Rex Ryan? I think, right? 
Yeah. Is that yeah. whenever he came? He scored like three touchdowns. Yeah, it was the last preseason game. I think he had three or four touchdowns. Oh. There it is. And think about that. That game doesn't matter at all. No. Except for to Victor Cruz, who came onto the scene and then go on and take over. The Goat Slayer, as termed by Bruce Brown and Victor Cruz, would be on the show in about 20 minutes. Can't wait to talk to him. I think he has played the golf course in which there's a big golf tournament coming up this week. Really? I think, I think he has. So I, he knows. I'm not 100% sure. You would assume. We have to ask him. I, I believe there's a member of his family that is potentially a member of the golf club oh, wow. okay. that is hosting a rather large golf tournament this week that all eyes literally in the entire world are upon. Yeah. yeah. Cooper. Georgia, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, down there in Georgia. Down mm-hmm. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know yeah, that, that the one. The only thing down there in the country, really. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> from what I've heard. I agree. From what I've heard. There, but this place is, yeah, it's all, it's nice. Historic. Yeah, oh, yeah. A little slice of heaven. The way people talk about this place and the way, from what I've heard, obviously, the way it's kind of operated, manicured, handled, everything down there is just like a piece of like golf heaven. Yeah, well, they're Hey, this is a golf amusement park pretty much. Like, yeah. Everything that's great with golf, uh-huh. welcome to this place. History, like so many stories, legendary moments, mm-hmm. and a business sense that I don't think any other tournament or function could ever figure out. No. They're crushing it down there, allegedly, from what I heard. I think Eli's been there. Let's go. So we'll talk to Eli about that okay. and a lot of other things going on around the NFL world. Because all we really remember about his draft is the fact that he's a nat and ended up with the Giants. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was just a clear-cut number one overall. Got yeah, into that? Kind of, yeah. Sweet. Is that, he, was, he was the guy? Yeah, yeah. Book, book of man and they talk about That's it. That's basically what we was talking about the other day when... Uh, uh, Jalen Carter. Yeah, didn't want to take visits after nine. Well, Eli told, hey, I'm not coming there. That was big. You, 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 shit. Smart. That's a get massive that. play. Yeah. Very smart. Still talked about. It ended up working out completely. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I want to ask him about his draft process, about the visits, about mm-hmm. how it went. Did he know he was going to be one? And if he was going to be one, what was the whole idea behind it? Because we're in the middle of that season right now. Not that that would take place, even though it was kind of being alluded to with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. But how big of a joke does that look like now? And we even had to talk about it because the people that were talking about it were pretty important figures in the – Bengals history, quarterback history, and Burrow's life. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, people mentioning that were like, wait, well, who's saying what and why? It could. And it ha- there is precedent of this before. And at that point, Cincinnati had no indoor facility. No, we know. I've gone through it all. Right. No scouting department, it, I don't think. No. Big problem. Like, not the, like, literally, hey, we are a mom-and-pop operation. Yeah. The head coach also had scout and – Congratulations, potential GM at sometimes as well. Right. Going to need you to negotiate some deals. Now it's completely turned, it feels like. And I think Joe Burrow is a major driver behind that. And also Katie Blackburn, who I assume you know. Do you know uh, yeah, who's yeah. running it now? Seems like it's a whole different vibe well, in Cincinnati. Yeah, Katie and Troy is running everything now. Mr. Brown have stepped down. but um, And and Katie's daughter is doing a lot of stuff too. But, man, you got you got to upgrade things. And Joe is demanding a lot for the players, which I totally respect. Um, something that we didn't have, but we didn't have Joe Burrow. So it was only so much that mm. we can ask for as a uh, Be who you can afford to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah Joe Burrow. Yeah. 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 Joe Bingo. Burrow could go and ask for the house, and it better it better get there within, you know what I mean, six to seven months because you don't get guys like this often. This guy mm. is like the Eli, like the Peyton. Um, don't blink about nothing. He's always the same even keel. 
um, he's special. So, But whenever the conversation came up about him potentially not wanting to go to Cincinnati, even though he is an Ohio fuck mm-hmm. by nature, mm-hmm. born and bred in Ohio, it was like one that you could seem legitimate because the Cincinnati report card, if we would have put it out publicly, <laughs> for like 20 years straight, oh. would have been... F, 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 so F, 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 F. Yeah. And then the stories that would have came out. What are you guys eating for lunch over there? Oh, we actually get nachos from the stadium. Mm-hmm. Like that, the, yeah, the stadium nachos, that's what we're eating for lunch over here. It's like, how? What? This is the NFL? It is, is, sounds like a Little League. You guys getting orange slices too? It's like, well, if we get it delivered, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have to pay for that type of thing. It is, that was the shit that was being said. Now it's like a big turn and congrats to Cincinnati Bengals fans because they're going to reap the benefits from all this and same with the Bengals who are going to benefit from this immensely because when you invest in something, normally the returns come back bigger as well. But that storyline became an actual storyline during draft season, which is all bullshit. It doesn't feel like there's any of that this year, but I'll be excited to hear what Eli's thoughts are on all of it. Well, and piggybacking off like the you know generational talent, having kids who put like on the other side of that with Eli, like the expectations he had going in, like yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, granted, you're a Manning, you kind of understand that and everything, but Peyton's already doing his thing. You're going to be the number one pick. It's like the odds are just so stacked up against you before you even start, and then it happens where he like you know kind of demands a trade, if you will, and it's like, okay, well, if this guy doesn't Very come out Very hateable here, moves. Oh, yeah, big, big time. time. There was a lot of people talking a lot of shit, I assume, yeah. and he just had to be like, sit in it and be like, no, we're doing uh, the whole family, I think, sat exactly. in it. Yeah. No, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we are, it was we are, Archie. We are, everyone. we are doing this, mm-hmm. and uh, it ended up working out, and I think Giants fans are pretty happy about it. Bruce, you love old Eli, don't you? I mean, basically changed my life in middle school the the other crazy thing about um when he got drafted like kurt warner was there and sure he was like kind of down and out um but you know we're talking about yeah. kurt warner playing winning games early and just the whole stadium chanting eli manning oh what a feeling that's yeah. quite a different feeling it probably was on draft night when there's a lot of people yeah. saying some negative For stuff. sure so nice to hear that the giants took him in early and he will be a forever a giant obviously that's how his entire career ended can't wait to talk with him in 14 minutes drew rosenhouse will join us in the second hour okay oh yeah go. yeah drew rosenhouse obviously has negotiated over seven billion dollars worth of deals with Jeez. the nfl so whenever we're talking about how like there's a certain way about going and doing business with the NFL whenever you're a player trying to negotiate a deal. Like, this guy knows the game. Yeah. Eh? yeah. He knows the game. $7 billion. He's also a guy who's uh, had a few trades this offseason that have taken place. He got DJ Moore, yep. Chicago, mm-hmm. and Darren Waller mm-hmm. out of Las Vegas to New York. To New York. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he got him or how it ended up working out. We will certainly ask him about that type of thing. And also, like, hey, what about the precedent here? that we have with uh, Lamar potentially trying to set and follow what Deshaun was able to get for $230 million. What is the real conversation amongst the agents, you know, and yeah. how they have to actually shape contracts? And will we ever get to the point where what Deshaun got in the middle of... Quite the situation. It is yeah, a lot of wild stuff. to even Quite the situation. <laughs> think that that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With what we're talking about with Lamar right now, like, it, he want, there's people, he wants $200 million guaranteed? Get this guy the fuck out of here. Wait, 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 wait. He doesn't deserve that. It's like, yo, a guy got 230, yeah. and he had the most serious allegations and actual yeah. court filings yeah. and multiple. Mm-hmm. Ev- yeah. Like everything more terrible. Than, more you're telling me that didn't have to do nothing. More than allegations, yeah. yeah. More than right. allegations. Yeah, you're 100% right. Multiple states. Everywhere yeah. happening at that exact time. And also, before those even came to light, he said, I don't want to play here, yeah. which could be labeled a distraction. Just sat out. Because he didn't want to play there. It's like all huh. those things added in there are allegedly reasons why deals can't get done. And now you got this other guy. 
MVP. Yep. <laughs> Good Samaritan. Beloved yeah. mm-hmm. by all the communities that he's ever been in. Has been grossly underpaid with the way he has performed, and now it's his time to go. And they're like, this guy can't get fucked. Fuck this guy. 200 mil? How are we supposed to do that? It's like, I could see how Lamar could potentially be very sure. fucking confused about why and how we've gotten to this point. And now, like, you know, as as it always happens, like the stuff that's coming out with, like, the character issues that they make up or, or like, he's lazy, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. that The recovery, it, yeah. It, yeah. Exactly, that they're doing just to drive yeah, his yeah. price down where it's like that that wasn't even a topic. Like, we, we were all talking about it. We all knew it with Deshaun Watson. He was like, ah, fuck it, give him $230 million. That's what he wants. That's what we need to get him here. And Lamar on the other side, everyone loves him. He's loved in the community. He's literally never done anything wrong. Never been like a point of like, hey, this guy. Like, he's the face of the. Fr- he's literally, literally the, the face Ravens of the there was four teams that, There was four teams signed up because they had to have agree, agree to terms before they met with Deshaun or whatever. There was four teams who were ready to give up three first round picks and knew he was probably going to be suspended maybe the whole year after they got him. Maybe was, even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. didn't even know what it was. Who was Deshaun agent? Molagetta. Well, relationships. Yeah, we. Yeah, he got relationships. With That's everybody. why Deshaun got that money. Yeah, just you like what I'm saying, just like Rosenhaus does. Yeah. Rosenhaus is down there in Miami, in mm-hmm. South Florida. Maybe we ask him if he's ever just you know maybe happened upon yeah, see yeah. Him. you know Lamar's Stop neighborhood. Hey. Thought about it. Say hey, we don't even have to. You don't let's just get this one deal done. Then we go our separate way. Yeah, just make me a hired gun. I've yeah. done $7 billion in negotiations with these people. There's a lot of teams that could use Lamar. Don't you think this team would trade this quarterback quickly to put you on their team? Of course they would. That's the type of shit that agents yeah. you know, try to lay out there. We'll talk to Drew in about an hour. And then we got George Kittle in the third hour. I mean, we're talking pack show. Here we go. show. George Kittle, obviously, future Hall of Famer, absolute dog yeah. out of Iowa. Now for the Niners, he is a dog. Yeah, dog. laid a hand on Saturday. So tall, helped me out at mm-hmm. WrestleMania, yeah. obviously. The Miz pushed him. Bad decision by the Miz. Bad decision. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Just can't do it. Like, we like the Miz. We Good wanted guy. the Miz to have an opportunity to have a match. He couldn't Why fucking get out of his own way. Couldn't. Yep. Obviously. Yep. Tried to leave. Then he starts to fight with a six foot five guy. Jocked. Out of Iowa, who's absolutely jocked and wearing a great tank top, which I can appreciate. I had to turn the ref, obviously, because this is illegal. But, hey, what the fuck? Gotcha. I've been in a ring since SummerSlam. Okay? That's right. If George Kittle wants to beat up a guy who pushed him, I'm 100% with it. Hey, <laughs> baby, George. Hey! George! Thank you, pal. He'll be joining us in the third hour. I got a chance go. to do him and his father have a podcast called the Hidden Pearls Podcast. Ooh, okay. Where they talk about life and motivation. And his dad's a coach. I, I, I don't know enough about his dad. But I will say his dad is jocked. Absolutely yeah. jocked. He's a beast. Fucking jocked. Yeah. I did the podcast with them yesterday after our show, and uh, he took off his shirt, tanked up, was <laughs> yoked oh. up. Fucking shredded. Mm-hmm. He's doing a triathlon, 31 miles. Uh, I pledged I'll donate $500 for every mile that he completes of this triathlon. There we go. He's yeah. He's, Look at him. Dude, he's doing a 1.5 mile swim. Jeez. 20. Something mile bike ride, bike ride. Bike ride. Yeah. and then obviously it's like a marathon to close it, isn't it? Or like a half marathon? I think it's a half to close it, or whatever. Yeah, I think that's bananas. It's a mile and a half swimming. He's got like Jeez. twenty-seven days till it happens. That just kind of came up in the conversation, and I was like, "Hold on, Jesus, what makes you want to do this?" Like Phil, CFO Phil, this dude signed up for that fucking marathon in uh-huh. Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It was like. What do we... After he almost died after the first one. That's right, didn't he? Well, I'm talking about the first one when... And they did it, yeah. You, know, you do the marathon. I guess it's all for that... The medal. The medal you get at the end. Like, you completed it. I assume there's some sort of fulfillment where I conquered this city, mm-hmm. right? Like, I... Mm. This city tried to beat me. Yeah. 
I ran, I did it all. But the amount of time it takes to prepare for that, my body and lungs just ain't got it. No way. <laughs> just ain't got it. 26 miles, I ain't got it. So every single step of the way that Phil was doing it, it was a very big like, hey, good on yeah, you. Good, That's you. good on you, buddy. Because he's just beating the shit out of himself. Oh, yeah. Four or five months to get to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then he starts the marathon, doesn't finish, didn't even get the medal. Yeah. Guy had to get taken out of the hospital. Almost died. Yeah, that's you know? terrible. He's tracking him on the internet. Well, where's this fucking asshole oh, at? Oh, he's going faster than he's ever gone in his life. He was on pace to break a record. My this witness. guy was like competing <laughs> yeah. at this thing. And mm-hmm. then bang, his number disappears from the race. It's like, must have finished. It must have lost him. Technology sucks. And then hour passes, Will two hour passes, hold. three hour passes, Blood. four hour passes. Blood. Blood. Where the fuck is this guy? Uh, Phil's in the hospital. He has oh. regained consciousness. <laughs> what do you mean? You run into a pole? What? No, I think his body just said, not. Nope. Yeah. Uh, shut down. Just shut down. Yeah. So then I I could see how he wanted to do it again afterwards. Right. Because now there's like a... This thing beat me. Yeah. yeah, now there's like a person. But that first sign up, I don't... I don't I, I, a lot of courage for people to do that. You're super fit. You ever do any of that stuff? No, 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 no. I don't. No. <laughs> Bro, I couldn't swim probably, fuck, maybe 200 yards. I'm not the best swimmer. Me neither. I, I can't probably float. fucking drown. Swimming so hard. Dude, they're swimming in lakes. Fact, yeah, he tried to do the tough man contest. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those triathlons are crazy, though. No joke. I think Phil's signing up for a fucking triathlon now. He has zero swimming experience. He, he's not, like, zero. I've never, he's never been on a swim team. I guess we took, like, swim class in high school. Who knows if he participated. He high school. Yeah, he did have an above-ground pool in the back. Oh, that was the host of a lot of great times, <laughs> that particular pool. Nice. So I, I guess he has swam laps, but potentially. in water. Played pool basketball. I've never seen him can like, he float? do a stroke, though. I hope he can float. Yeah. He's going to have to fucking swim like in a lake with other people swimming yeah. on top of him. A lot of chop. That's going to be waves, too, right? Yeah. Uh, do they have, like, a life vest? For him or something? No. He better get some flippers. Those little feet yeah. of his That's cheating. You can't do that. There's no way. Uh-huh. No way he can do that. Well, that's the most daunting thing. You said it. Like, you know, you sign up for one of these things. Like, that's all good and well. Like, it's just one day that you're doing it. You have to prepare for months so that you don't die out there. It's a fight camp. It is. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a real fight camp. Like, all right, I'm going to commit six months of my life to get to the point where maybe I can complete this thing. Right. I'm like, what do you get at the end of it? Like, 100000 bucks? Uh, no. Nice, sweet metal. Right, cool. That looks terrible. Yeah. Okay. It's gold. I'm drowning. I'm dead. I'm Me done. Too. Think about that. They're Good swimming night. on top of each other, too. Nobody's yeah. giving uh-huh. a damn thing about anything. When you play pool basketball and somebody starts getting a little bit yeah. underwater, mm-hmm. you start getting that feeling of like, oh, I'm going to die here. Yeah. Sure. Think about doing that out in the middle of fucking nowhere. No way. That just looks like lunch for uh, Takate. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Right. Takate is free down, yeah, there in, right. uh, down there in Miami. I hope they're not there. Anyways, good luck to Bruce Kittle and yeah. to uh, Phil. Yeah. yeah. Good luck, good luck boys. boys. Go get him. Let's go, Phil. That sucks. I don't know if Phil's deal is, but I love that he's trying to do it all. Mm-hmm. I, I've team sports running is punishment. Yeah, mm-hmm. every time. Hey, you fuck up. We're gonna run all night. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard that in every sport that I've played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to. That's something I do not want to do. So I'm gonna perform very well here. Played soccer during the spring for uh, West Virginia, and it was after my junior year. It was after those missed kicks. Didn't know what my future was going to hold. Just wanted to see, you know, if I could still play soccer. So I went over there. I was not in soccer shape, okay? I was not in soccer uh. shape. So we would have a couple practices, and at the end there was like a game. And it was like, all right, we'll play to five. Loser has to run. Okay, I scored three fucking goals in that game. You know why? I'm not running. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did not. And then it was like losers and McAfee run because I'm not in good enough shape. So I was like, I wish I would have known that before this game. Because <laughs> right. I just gave everything for those <laughs> yeah. three. So I didn't have to do that. 
Like any of that type of uh -huh. shit is just like a nightmare to me. So the people that can get past it mentally too, I guess mental warriors out there. Mm -hmm. Congrats. Good luck to everybody. Good luck. Good luck. Okay. I wasn't built for it. No. no. And that whole like all oh, the you know once you run 18 miles, you'll hit that runner's high and you won't even know. You'll I just keep going. There. I think that's bullshit. I don't think that's real. I think that is a fugaze made up by distance runners to try to get more people to start doing it. Or it's just their way to get out of the answer of us going like, that has to suck. And like, well, actually, and they're talking to lazy fuck who would never get to the stage far yeah, enough right to get to that point. Once you get to 20 miles, it look, they, they probably change the mileage too by every person mm -hmm. they talk to. Tone Diggs, once you get to about 11 miles, mm -hmm. you're good. You're good. Ch look at uh, Pac-Man, like, once you get to about 21 miles, it's a euphoric high that is You're floating. bigger you than anything ever. How do you trigger a runner's high? Five steps to a runner's high. Run longer. Okay. okay. An easier run duration of one or two hours oh, is a okay. sweet spot for producing highs. That's it. Get more sleep. Eight hours of sleep a night is optimal for endocannabinoid production. Okay, so you can smoke dope, too. Cannabis. Work out with others. Yeah. Listen to music. All right, so this is what I've been telling you runners, though. Like, what you guys are... This is That's what shit. we just get. You know? cool. That's right. That's number, number, <laughs> number one might be tough, though. Run longer? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just rule one. One to two hours. All right, let's talk about some shit going on. Dan Snyder is open to selling the Washington Commanders to Jeff Bezos. This is obviously a massive development because people put in pitches to potentially buy the Commanders, and the only person that got to decide whether or not his team was actually for sale was Dan Snyder. Just yesterday, Magic Johnson was on the Today Show or Good Morning America or How You Doing? I'm up in the morning on no, television. Right. Up and Adams. Whatever the name it is. Up and Adams, maybe. Oh. I don't think it was that. It was actually in New York. Yeah, I forgot that was. Um, but he's said, I got a ring in every sport, but I need a Super Bowl ring. He was wearing a great suit and tie, by the way. Very jovial. He is a lightning uh -huh. rod oh, yeah. every time he's on. And I would love to be the owner of the Commanders to not only do great work on the field, but to do the work we could do with the city. I think if they bless us, Mr. Snyder blesses us, mm -hmm. with the opportunity to be an owner, it would be an emotional day for me. My father just died, so it would be a great moment for the Johnson family, as well as Josh Harris, who is the lead partner in this, to take that franchise and take it to another level. So I'm kind of excited about it. And another African-American owner by the way, mm -hmm. is what oh, Magic yeah. just threw out there mm -hmm. to the entire NFL, which is very true. He has a his LAFC team in the MLS just won. Mm -hmm. yep. He has the Dodgers they've won in the past. Yep. Oh, yeah. He has the Spark. Yep. They've won in the past. So this would be, obviously, the NFL winning a Super Bowl would be the grand slam of ownership titles for Magic Johnson, who has been an incredible businessman since the day he got money. The thought, though, that Dan Snyder is the person of Magic Johnson on this morning show has to say, Are you please, Mr. Snyder, mm -hmm. is a you don't think that's a position that Dan Snyder's bopping his meat to? Oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, right. Allegedly. 100%. Allegedly. 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 He's on that yacht. Docked up at Napoleon's home island over there in France, <laughs> mm -hmm. bopping his meat to the thought that Magic Johnson has to get on TV and say, please, Dan, let us give you $6 billion. Uh -huh. So now today it's been reported that Dan Snyder told Jeff Bezos months ago that he is okay to buy the commanders. And Dan Snyder now has a healthy understanding that Jeff Bezos does not control what the Washington Post investigates or writes. He is merely an owner. That's via Charles Gasparino, Fox Business Market Reporter. There it okay. is. So that is where we stand with the commanders. Bezos potentially has known that he could get in, has not made an official offer yet. Is he just waiting until the very end, stop with the fuckery, and then just going to go yeah. $100 million more than whatever the next person is? Or is Bezos not going to be in for the commanders because 
He doesn't want to own that particular franchise that still needs a stadium mm -hmm. and a lot of new shit mm -hmm. to potentially be a program of the future that can run early. Well, even $100 million, Like, why wouldn't Bezos just say, okay, you know what, $6 billion is what you want. I'll just give you seven. Because by the time I get this money to you, I probably already made another billion off the stuff with Amazon. That is what Bezos does, doesn't he? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. it doesn't even matter for him. That's not even... Wouldn't he be uh, all fucking jacked up to build a stadium and name it fucking Jeff Bezos, Bezos.com Stadium? Yeah. Uh, Prime, probably call it yep. Prime House. Prime House. Like, he lives for that. It's probably it's like one of the only things he hasn't done is make his own fucking stadium and own a sports. I'm surprised he hasn't just built a city yet at this point. But he's always just on his yacht, all jocked. Jock, right. Jock, right. Jock, Jock, Jock. always jocked. Jock. He helped build uh, Seattle's arena for the hockey team. He helped the Kraken. Uh, the Kraken. Yeah, wow. How are they? Are the Kraken good? Pretty good. They're gonna make playoffs this year. Hey, How about yeah. it? The Kraken House is a good stadium. Started from a tight shirt with Sean Kemp. Yeah, that is that well. Was, well he was uh, having a little self-defense situation hey, oh, yeah. the other day, Sean Kemp. That's right. But what do you think about the commander sale, Pac-Man? Obviously, if Jeff Bezos gets in there, that's a lot of money coming to the league. That's good for players. That's good for everybody in my mind. I wonder how other owners would feel. Oh, I, I think they would like it. Um, I think this is uh, – now that Bezos is in, and he just came out and said, cleared up the Washington Post thing, um, I think he gets it over magic. But you never know. Oh, no. Hold I, on, wasn't Bezos going to have Jay-Z and Matthew McConaughey yes. Yes. allegedly a part Same of his group. crew, yep. right? Allegedly. Yeah, right. Which would also have another So think about, think about uh, Snyder going, Bezos, I did tell you right. that going to need a song on a Jay and Beyonce yep. in there. You know, My birthday hey, party. we are tired. Shout out Dan Snyder. <laughs> you know? There's need a reason why Magic came out and... Saying please, yes, yeah. I mean, he ain't just coming out to fucking say please for no reason. Wouldn't the other owners want the Magic Group though, because they already own sports teams, so they're kind of more aligned with the other owners. Where Bezo comes, Bezos comes in, and those owners have no idea what he's going to be like. He could be he he's not part of the old guard. He's part of a new money, new guard. He could do fucking anything. It's interesting because the Waltons came in. They don't have any other sports teams, I right. do not believe, except for the brother, Stan, who has every sports every, team. Yeah. So I guess they do have a little bit of experience in the sports world. Bezos, has, I'll be intrigued to see what the Amazon Thursday night package. Yeah. yeah does that and change? then the Black Friday uh, game that is allegedly supposed to be Amazon exclusive new American tradition is what they're going to, mm -hmm. I think, try to start to create this year. I wonder if Bezos will have to remove himself from that. I don't know how you do that though, right? Because that's like, or that's do a, he play all his games on Amazon? Yeah, that's the what. I'm, and then, well, how will the other owners feel? I mean, there's a lot to probably get figured out there. Dan Snyder's in control of it all, which is right where Dan Snyder wants to be. This is one of the greatest trolls of all time. Dan oh yeah, oh yeah. Joining us now is the man who is referred to as the Goat Slayer by Bruce Brown, who is obviously the Giants fan in the office. I had a chance to play golf with him on a golf course down in the South just a few weeks back. This guy's a fucking stick, dude. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Walter Payton Man of the Year, absolute legend, ladies and gentlemen, Eli Manning. Yeah. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? How we doing? Thanks for having me on. Dude, thank you for coming on. I told you this in the text message that I sent to you asking you to come on. I asked him to come on like uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. He wasn't able to come on, you know? And I was like, don't know how much I know Eli. Obviously just got shot down. So I sent another one out like an hour ago. I'm like, an hey. hour. Yeah. Not about head, not, what about a little heads up here? <laughs> it was like an hour ago. Hey, any chance 1230 you could come on the show? And I thought I was going to get a, a negative response. You said... I can do it. Now, so, Eli, we appreciate the hell out of you. Thank you, Eli. Thank you, Eli. Thank you, for, making this, thank you for making this happen. Uh, what are you up to right now? It looks like you just got off the course. Have you been golfing, or are you just having a nice little Wednesday here? I, I could 
go play golf. You know, I'm always prepared. So whether whether it's a kid that you know, I pick up from school and they say, hey, you, you want to go hit some golf balls or I get a last minute, hey, you want to go play nine holes? I'm always prepared. You just dress for golf. And that way, if it comes up, you're ready for it. I played golf with you at a golf course. And I think it was the first time you were playing with this new set of clubs that you had. And you were fantastic i mean i'm watching you hit a ball he hit this big draw Ooh. i mean it was beautiful. beautiful but the people we were golfing with all they said was well what's that like that they were acting as if that was not your normal golf game then i believe the next day you want like the par at this particular course 72 i think you shot like a 70 fucking five this guy damn are you bad. like are you an incredible golfer is that normal and why was everybody acting like what you were doing was not what you normally do on a golf course well, the day before, I think I shot 88, so it's a big, a big turnaround. Um, you know, it's it, the golf. The golf can be it can be anywhere. You know, some days it's good, some days it's bad. I don't really have a rhyme or reason why that happens. I think a lot of people have that with golf, but uh, you know, I'm more more interested in the people I'm with. You know, getting to play golf with you, we had a blast. You know, get to have a few cocktails afterwards. That's right. kind of more. Uh, you know, you got four hours away from a phone, away from any autographed pictures and just kind of hanging out with good people. That's what it's all about. It was fantastic. It was a great time. Thank you for the stroke on that par three. It was really a pivotal, <laughs> that was really a pivotal moment in the battle. And uh, I guess the golf community tells me I was wrong. The wind felt good, though. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I felt like it was great. Don't you think? You, you, don't, feel, you don't feel guilty a little bit taking a taking a, getting a shot on a par three? I mean, it's a, it's a par three. How do you take a shot, a stroke? I mean, you're you're a you're a professional athlete. Yeah, you're but an athlete. But oh. Eli, Eli, I mean, that particular hole, I think we would all agree, not an easy hole. No, not at all. <laughs> not an easy hole. Not an easy hole, Eli. I know. It's not easy for anybody. That's why you shoot <laughs> a stroke. Oh, I know. Yeah. Man, three for two on that hole was so nice. I, I wish you guys would have seen. I wish you would have seen the reaction at the next tee box. Not a positive environment. Sure, no. I mean, it was like it was a bit. It got a little bit, a little bit more serious there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you were a fantastic person to share a golf course with, and I appreciate your kindness. Let's talk about golf, though. I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure if you've played at the course in which there's a golf tournament this particular week, but I do believe your brother has a, a pretty good connection to that place. What are your thoughts on Masters Week, and how do you think this year is going to go with allegedly the course being changed and how everything else is kind of faring down there? You know, it's it's a weekend. I, I look forward to it. I think it's always, uh, you know, always just exciting. And it's a course you, you know. You've seen it on TV every single year. I've had the pleasure to go down there and play before. And so you just you can visualize. You can see where they are. You know what kind of putt they might have or what this shot is. And so it just makes it for so much uh, so much fun to, to watch. I think it's, you know, always a little drama now with the live side versus the nine live. And you're like creating like a, a, some good storylines within the golf world and community. But, uh, you know, all come together in Augusta this week. Uh, it, it should be fun. Um, I think, uh, you know, Justin Thomas, I think, you know, it's like the usual guys. Justin Thomas is kind of my my guy I'm rooting for. Uh, you know, Scheffler's playing great, great golf. I played with him in a pro-am a few years ago. Uh, just a good, good, good guy. Just absolutely never hits a bad shot. So, um, and then Tiger obviously draws a huge crowd. Love to see him and just, you know, have him make the cut would be pretty special. That picture on 18 from his practice round just yesterday was magnificent. Unbelievable. Yeah. He still got it. It turns out, turns out he's still, (laughs) he draws the crowd. I mean, he's just such a, 
he's such an unbelievable figure and, and has been kind of the, the, the face of golf for the last 25, 30 years, it feels, 25 years. And, uh, you know, there's a reason. He's he's an absolute stud on the golf course. Cool dude, behind the scenes, away from phones, everything. You ever get a chance to be uh, with him around like nobody I've else? never been with him. I've never been around him, never gotten to play golf with him. I know Peyton has a few times and, and, and obviously, you know, played that match with him against uh, a few years ago, got to team up with him. But I guess because of my uh, erratic golf game, I never got the invite. <laughs> Hey, you still got that 75 in there, though. I know that it's, it the 75 is certainly in there. Justin Thomas, like, plus 2,500 right now, I think, to win value. Uh, the whole thing. It's huge odds on him. Plus 700, Scotty Scheffler. Also, Rom, I think, plus mm-hmm. 700. Ooh. Who I, you know, hey, they're saying that course is a little different now. It's a little longer. You, you hear that? That's what they're saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, for these guys, the, the length is not the – it's not the issue. They hit it so far. I mean, Rom, you know, just absolutely crushes drives. And Justin Thomas, all these guys are hitting it 330. They got to lengthen a little bit. They're still, you know, some of them are the par fives. They just, you know, if they, they're still get hitting, you know, eight irons into par fives. So uh, we'll see. I, I don't think it'll, it'll, it'll change things too much for them. Hey, that guy we played with, Mike, he's a player. <laughs> Mike, that guy's a fucking player, Eli. Mikey's a player. Mikey's a player. I won't. I won't say his last name. I know. Oh, I did. You know, you, you mentioned his full name last time, and got, you know, he, I think he told some people he was on, like on a work trip instead of was on a golf trip. You know, hanging out. All people, it was work. People actually watched your show, Pat. I didn't know that. But people actually watched it. They hear his full name, and he's like, "Wait, I thought you were working, like kind of doing some client stuff." He's like, "Uh, yeah, you know, Pat's a client." Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. And by the way, would love that, Mike, if you're listening. (laughs) Would love that. Would love that to be the case. How about that one hole we saw him? Little, do you? I might have misremembered it because I had a few cocktails and a few vitamins, and you know, I was. uh, We were real far out from a hole. We're talking like 246 yards away from a hole. Whoa! There's somebody up at the hole. Okay. Headphones on, blowing the fucking leaves, mm-hmm. okay? 250 yards away, though. I mean, a long way away. Mm-hmm. It's not like, a, hey, can you get out of the way? This dude t- says, can we move him? Okay, stop, pause is like a thing. Can we please move this guy? I'm like, there's no fuck. What was, who is this guy? What are you? Oh, yeah, you're just going to hit that guy. Huh? He's fucking, it was like the happy Gilmore yeah. when he's driving out of the back, shouldn't have been standing there right. type situation. And then he takes his four iron, he puts that thing to like eight feet. I've never been more impressed with an athletic feat than that one right there. Is that how you saw that whole thing go down as well? Yeah. And, and you know what? I think the amazing thing is every time I ever like wait for someone, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm too, you know, 25 out. And I'm like, well, I guess I got to wait for them to get off the green. You wait like five minutes, they get off the green. And then what do you do? You top it. You always like chunk it. Yeah, you hit it 70 yards. He like did the weight, removed the guy, and then, you know, thank goodness he did. He would have drilled the, you know, the guy on the green right in the head. So uh, <laughs> he, he, he did it for good reason. Like he actually truly believed he was going to hit the green where I'm like, hey, there's a chance I could hit this green if I just totally pure this thing. Uh, with a three three wood, which never happens. It was it was remarkable. I've never been more impressed, and I was like, oh, I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know who this guy is, but I love it. Let's pivot away from golf here, even though you're potentially going to play around this afternoon, and we appreciate you making time. We're in the middle of the draft process right now, and I think all anybody remembers about your draft is whenever you move from the Chargers to the Giants. If I don't remember, I must have been too young. 
going in, were you the solidified number one guy going into that? And did you take trips to teams? Or how did that kind of process all work out? Because I think all any of us remember is draft night as opposed to the entire lead-up beforehand. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was kind of being told I would be the be the first pick in the draft, and and uh, you know, kind of after my senior year, through through the combine, through everything, and so uh, did did workouts, um, you know, for for San Diego. Um, they came to New Orleans, where I did my you know did my a private workout for them. Uh, went out to Oakland uh, for for a trip out there, and then you know met with met with the Giants as well. And so those are kind of the the three main teams. Arizona was the third, the third pick in there. So those kind of the first four teams were kind of the ones that were, um, you know, that I had discussions with and talked with. And then, yeah, I got drafted to San Diego and about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes later traded. I was still at, you know, at Madison Square Garden where the draft was, still there kind of doing interviews and, and during that time got traded to the Giants. How quickly did that come together, you think, that whole trade thing? There was a draft night that came together, you think? Yeah, within thirty. Um, yeah, I mean, it happened within within thirty minutes, you know, of, of everything going on. So I guess they, had, I don't know why it couldn't happen before that. It would have been a lot easier on me if it like kind of happened <laughs> yeah. before. I didn't have to go like through the process of answering questions about San Diego and then coming to New York. It would have made my life a little bit easier. But um, uh, yeah, I guess they just, you know, basically uh, the Chargers drafted me and the Giants drafted Philip Rivers with the fourth pick in the draft, and then we switch, and there's a few other uh, draft picks involved. That coming together just on draft night is crazy to think about because it's obviously been remembered forever. Ty talked about this earlier whenever we mentioned you were coming on the show. It's like not only are you Archie's son and Peyton's little brother coming into the NFL, and Peyton obviously has done his thing, Archie already a legend, but now on draft night you're the number one overall pick, and you're going to the biggest media market after a trade takes place. Like, the, you just couldn't – you had to block – like, how did you – that had to be some heavy shit, right? A lot of pressure, I'd assume, Eli, on, on the old yeah. youngest Manning? <laughs> no, there definitely was. And, and, uh, but, you know, I was excited about coming to New York. And, and you know, had, when I had meetings with the Giants, just, uh, just appreciate the way – you know, they, they, they went about their things, you know, there's no cheerleaders. There's no, there's no hoopla. It's all about football. They want to create a great football team. They're totally committed. They have a great history that NFC East been around a long time, uh, which is, you know, such great uh, rivalries between those teams. And so I was excited for that opportunity. I, I think the fact that I had kind of always, you know, been dealing with pressure my whole life being, you know, who I was, you know, five years younger than Peyton, you know, this kid, Peyton was, Gatorade player of the year, number one recruit in, in high school, you know, high, up for Heisman trophies, number one pick in the NFL. I was always that little brother, always people kind of looking up to me. So the fact of going to New York or being in that, uh, you know, in that spotlight didn't bother me. I just wanted, I was excited about going to an organization that I knew was totally committed to football and doing whatever possible to try to win some championships. Pete never acknowledged all that stuff. You know, like whenever it was all happening, I assume he acknowledged that your world was probably pretty fucking difficult or did you guys not even address it <laughs> he did no he, he was there he was there with me in, in new york for the draft and he, he was doing some stuff so you know I, I saw him beforehand we had a big dinner the night after and uh and he's you know he just said hey whatever whatever you need help with going forward you know we're gonna be in the same profession i'm here for him here for for any guidance he said although with that new york media you're kind of on your own I, I don't really have any advice on how to handle that i've never been around it 
so, you know, g- good luck there. Let me know uh, if you can help me down the road and deal with that media maybe. You know what I enjoy? I enjoy the fact that they talk about, like, sibling rivalry, right? Yeah. They talk about sibling rivalry. It's whenever kids are kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's a real deal, you two, still. It is a real deal. I know, like, people try to play it up for TV. Yeah. You know, they're like, Eli and Peyton, still competitive. Hey, on that golf course, it felt like there was some real <laughs> – it, 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 it's real, isn't it? It is. It's a real deal thing. Oh, you're on that text chain. I'm not allowed to talk about my, my birdie putt on 18 to beat them that day because that was in March. It's been a month. You're not allowed to talk birdie putts, birdie putts in a new month. So Peyton made that very clear in that text chain last night. So uh, I don't know if that's a real rule. I've never heard of that rule before. I think he's just he's tired of hearing hearing uh, hearing me talk about it. But that's uh, anyway. You know, I can't. I can't mention it on this show. My birdie on eighteen Whoa. beat Peyton after wow. being down four <laughs> on the comeback to win one up on eighteen. I can't talk about that on on the show, Pat. How long was that putt that we wouldn't be able to talk about? I heard it was a long yeah, was, one. I, I don't know. It's like 15, 16 feet. You know, <laughs> kind of a little downhill slider. Um, yeah, but I can't. You know, I can't mention it. Yeah, how about so. the? I mean, the dry. Oh, I mean, the way you. I mean, that whole hole. I heard now. We can't talk about it. It's gone. It's past. It's a history. It's gone. It's been a month. It's a different. We're in April now. That was in March. Can't talk about it. 18th hole, too. Just like two. I mean, to win it, need it, too. And then the goat slayer shows up. 30 footer. Oh, my God. What a dog, dude. So we can't talk about my double on that hole either. A month ago. (laughs) A month ago. You can talk about doubles. doubles. No, no. That's last month. That's last month. Uh, We got a guy named Bruce Brown who's a diehard Giants fan. He is obviously pushing the Goat Slayer nickname in this particular office heavily. Thinks you've earned it, which we all agree with. But you made his life a lot better. He has a question for Eli. Yeah, thank you for everything, first of all. Uh, baby, Eli. Thank you, Eli. Um, second, I, I don't think that the Giants have really had a weapon quite like Darren Waller since Plaxico. Um, are you, what are you excited for Darren Waller bringing to the Giants offense next year? And is there any chance that Chad Powers might get out there during training yeah. camp and show Danny how to throw that fade? Hell yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think Chad's, Chad's not making a comeback. He's, uh, he, you know, I'm, I'm done, done throwing as Chad. Uh, I'm putting him, put him in retirement. But, oh, rest wow. in peace, Come Chad. On. Hey, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah. Chad really. Yeah, it was Chad. so hot. It was so hot and all that stuff. I had so much face sweat going on. It was very uncomfortable. But um, Rest in peace, Chad Powers. Yeah. Peace. Chad. I, I, like, I like Waller. I think he's a, he's a yeah, unbelievable athlete. And I think just that, that, that tight end position, especially they already had a bunch of success last year with using tight ends. Um, and so I think, you know, getting him matched up one-on-one kind of on some mismatches on safeties on linebackers, uh, you know, that's, that's what you want. And so I think it should be a great addition kind of Saquon tight end, you know, uh, get a good, get a good receiver. And also now all of a sudden they've done some work with the offensive line the last few years. Also you get weapons at every position. That's kind of what you want. Hey, are the Giants back? Are the Giants back, Eli? Are the Giants back? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the bandwagon. You know, I, I always hope I always hope I want them to be. I think it's, uh, you know, I feel like that NFC East is just always, you know, each year it's like a new team. Hey, who's going to be the best team this year? So it's always back and forth. No one's out of it uh, for too long. And so, uh, you know, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch uh, watch them and, and the season, make the playoffs, win a playoff game. I think that helps so, helps so much with the with the confidence and now you're starting to build something, and and they're building something great with young players, and 
and a good nucleus of guys. So uh, I'm looking forward to another good year. Danny made himself so much money last year. Were you proud of him watching him at all kind of take place with that day ball offense? Honestly, I was. I was. Really, I was. I was so so happy for Daniel. Got you know known him a long time. Still talk with him, communicate him, and he's just he's done everything the right way. He's done everything they've ever asked him to do. Hey, you got you got, you're gonna have to run it. 12 times today sure I'll, I'll run it i'll throw it uh, i gotta you know he knew he had to yeah. cut down on the fumbles and and the turnovers he's done that he's worked at it he's he's been conscious of it he's a true professional um he's a great leader guys respect him and so i'm, I'm excited for him and I, I think he'll just continue to grow he hadn't been in the same offense um you know for for multiple years and now you know in the same offense other guys in the same offense around him you know get things going I think he'll just continue to get stronger and better. How about the Giants maybe being yeah, back? How about it? Here we go. Uh, Tomatoes are up for sale, so who knows what right. that's going to look uh-huh. like. Yeah. Eagles are good, though. Very, They're very good. Eagles, Eagles are good. good. Cowboys. Cowboys. Big Mike good. McCarthy's calling plays, exactly. though. Yeah. Oh, J-Ball, look out, pal. Pac-Man <laughs> has a question for you, Eli. What's up, Eli? What's up, Pac-Man? What's going on? Hey, um, nephew, Archie Manning, um, he's one of the – one of the top prospects or the top prospect. How does that go, man? Who give him the advice? You, your brother, uncle. How how's that going with the, with that process? You know, I think uh, we're we're just excited for him. He's going. You know, he's at, he's already at Texas right now, going through spring spring ball, and and um, you know, we, I I want to be a resource for him, but I'm never gonna be the guy saying, hey, you got to be doing this, you got to be doing that. Some of it. You got to learn on the run. You got to just go in there. You got to be a freshman in college, figure things out, figure out your schedule. Um, and but whenever we get together, get to see him in, in the summertime, get to see him uh, at different times throughout the year. And and you know we always kind of set an hour or thirty minutes where we happen to be sitting there, you know, eat lunch and and this you know kind of pick his brain. And I mean this was when he was in high school and just see what he knows about coverages or what he knows about just, just talking ball, talking X's and O's. I forgot what, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't know much when I was a senior in high school about different coverages and different concepts. Now they're throwing it a lot more in high school. So it'll be fun as he now, now getting into college, the game is, is more similar to the NFL and everything going on, just to, to be able to talk ball with them and, uh, and see what he's doing. And so uh, I just try to, I, I send him some text message every once in a while, just, you know, different things to think about, but I'm just, hey, he's got to go be a freshman in high school, figure things out on himself for a little bit, and obviously he's done really well doing that so far. We've all lost our student ID. Get off his ass! Get off, he's a freshman in college! (laughs) Let him live. What do you want from the guy? (laughs) Jeez, let the guy live. He's looking good in the tape that they're bringing out from Mm. spring ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's looking looking good. You know, it looks like he fits, too, body-wise. He's a big kid. He's much bigger, much bigger than I was coming out of high school, and I think he's already put on a bunch of weight. Just getting in, getting in the in the in the weight room, um, and just being around there. So you know, it's pretty impressive. He's still a senior in high school, but he's he's in college, going through spring ball, uh, just giving him, you know learning the offense. So he's committed. He's all in on ball. So it'll be fun. Uh, see what happens this year if he gets some playing time or. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting Austin and, and, and just rooting them on and just being a being a fan and, and watch it from afar. Austin's a great city. Mm-hmm. How about the comedy mothership? Uh, yeah. That seems to be like the new spot the for place. every stand-up yeah. comedian on earth. Mm-hmm. I think Chappelle's done like three shows from there. Yeah. Austin's blowing, continuing somehow. Elon, what took the spaceships there? He's yep. back out of there. Though. Yep. 
So I thought aliens were potentially coming to Austin, oh, Texas. Oh, moved? I think he moved. I'm not oh, sure. Geez. Archie Manning's there. There's not enough room. Yeah. Archie and Eli. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, Connor has a question for you, Eli. Yeah, Eli, you mentioned Peyton kind of saying, you know, you can ask him anything. Were there any moments, like if it was the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship, where you reached out to him? And then also, was there ever any consideration towards the end of your career to maybe move teams like he did with Denver? So yeah, definitely, definitely relied on them for a lot of things. Um, you know, we, we talked every Friday during during the season. Just we, you know, we're both, uh, you know, we're both kind of on Eastern time. Actually, in Indianapolis, it was a little confusing. Like half the year he was Eastern time, no, half no. the year he was Central. Oh, I never knew what time it was. That's I'm a great place. It. I'm like, it's one o'clock here, so it's like eleven fifteen there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right? Like no idea. Okay. Uh, but we'd always talk on Fridays, just kind of a little recap of of who we were playing, what was going on, just but also just talk about just, just life. It wasn't all football talk. And then – but definitely uh, before playing some Super Bowls, um, just because your week completely changed. And so he played one in, you know, the 06 season. The very next year we went. And so I just said, hey, how did you – how did you prepare for those two weeks? Like, what did you do the first week? What did you do the second week? The second week, you're in a new city, you're in a hotel. I and he was just great about saying, just try to do plan ahead and just whatever you you've done on Wednesday night for the last 22 weeks, make sure you keep doing that. And whatever you're doing Thursday, just keep that you know, that same routine. If you get a workout a certain day, if you go eat with the lineman a certain day, if you get a massage a certain day, just sit, start setting that up right now. So you can keep that same routine and, and just make it as normal as possible. That thing you said right there in the middle there, you eat with the linemen on this day, like that's such a big deal. And I feel like your whole family, it, that's like, uh, hey, being a good teammate is a massive part of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. You think that's the old man or is that just how you guys view football? What do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think it definitely has something to do with my dad. My dad still keeps in touch with, you know, you know, he has a text chain now of, of like the fr- the freshman class that they all went to Ole Miss together. You know, nineteen sixty nine, and he keeps up with his lineman. Let's, Let's, Let's do a Zoom. Let's do a Zoom. Let's do a Zoom. And those guys were like around. We saw all those guys, so you saw the connection, the importance of those friendships, and and then for me, yeah, especially your offensive lineman. Um, it might have been, you know, more just I wanted them to block better. Hey, <laughs> keep these big guys away from me. I'll take you to dinner. I'll buy you whatever steaks you want. If you if you if you keep if we get no sacks this week, I'll do it again next week. I promise you. So keep the big big boys away. You know, let me let me stay back there and have a, an extra half a second to make some of these throws, and and everything will work out. Hey, you're a great teammate for selfish reasons. It doesn't matter how you go about getting the job done. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Ty has a question for you, Eli. Eli, by all accounts, the Manning cast has just been a massive success. Like we all love watching it. Um, it's it's just it's. You know, like watching the game is is one thing, but hearing you and Peyton chop it up, like if you're a real football fan, it's unbelievable. Has that um, like process? Has it been what you expected? Um, has it like reached expectations? Because I don't know. Obviously, I assume that's kind of tough going from playing to just kind of sitting there being comfortable talking about the game. And has has there been anything where it's like, oh, this is much more difficult than I thought it would be? Whether it be tech or you know how you guys are doing it, like how how would you say that? Um, that experience has been thus far you know I've, I've enjoyed it i think it keeps me involved in the game of football I, I like watching film i like to you know break down you know really interesting things and and see a cool defense or a cool play that's you know you could say you could say it's like you, you know it's not a, a base play this is like a 
very specific play to attack this type of defense and and just you know kind of be able to point those things out just just great coaching great play calling um you know i get to talk with a lot of the quarterbacks before the games a couple of the coaches that i know that i've built relationships with over the years and then you know i think we've we've stayed pretty true to what the original plan was and we wanted to make it feel like you know what it would be like to sit on the couch with Peyton and I and, and watch a football game, and and that's that's still the idea where we're going to talk some X's and O's, we're going to make fun of each other, and every once in a while, you know, Pat McAfee just pops in in the in the living room, and oh. you know, we start talking with him, or we start talking to Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. I mean, Snoop always pops in the living room with Peyton and I when we're watching a game. <laughs> you know, growing up, that was just like the norm, um, and so I think we stayed pretty true to it. Uh, it's actually fun, you know, breaking down some film. I'll watch. I'll tell, kind of tell Peyton, "Hey, I'll watch these games. You can watch those, and we'll trade notes." And I leave Peyton like a like a eight minute voice memo with kind of the notes, what I saw. If you want to watch it, these are like five plays that are interesting. Peyton leaves me a forty three minute voice memo <laughs> with the breakdown of the play. I'm like Peyton. It'd be faster for me just to watch the film <laughs> on my own and listen to your voice memo and then have to watch the 27 plays that you think I should go rewatch. So it's like, it's not really the point of the memo. Like you got to give me the cliff notes. Don't give me the whole, the whole plan. We're and a like, team here. We're, we're, a team. we're working through that. We're working through that. He, he started, like, I think he started realizing I wasn't listening to the whole thing. And so he like in the middle of it, like minute 27, he'd be like, Hey Eli, uh, the code word is the gravy was good. And then like anyway, Baltimore is playing a cover two. Like it's, he'd be like, hey, do you, you know, do you, do you hear anything normal or different on my memo? I'm like no, everything was great. You really, you really broke down Baltimore. So like, bad. You're not listening to it. You're not listening to my memos. I said the gravy was good, and you would have noticed that. So he busted me. Awesome. It's real. Like this is all everything you're saying is like out of a movie. Like people would think like, oh, that's a script to a movie of two brothers in the NFL. Yeah. But it's like the real de- this is this is better than any script could possibly be, <laughs> which is why I think the Manning cast does so well. You're perfect at what you do. Yeah. Peyton obviously 43 minute voice, he's in the game pretty much for both teams, you know? Yeah. So him getting pissed off at different moments is great. I think I've been very lucky to be a guest on that show. I speak for a lot of people. It's better when there's no guests. Yeah. yeah. You two, you two are incredible together. I, I, I think that is the only thing that I think a lot of people would say. Like watching you guys, even if you feel like you don't have to, like don't feel like you have to host. Like if even when you guys are just both very confused about something that's happening on, like we yeah, all Peyton, know, like okay, Peyton does so, that a lot. Yeah, yeah, he but something must be happening. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but us watching, we're like high management. Time management is like his biggest pet peeve or, or, or you know, of a, a, a bad time management is his biggest pet peeve in the world. So You guys killed it, though. Like, yeah. you need to know. It's fucking awesome. It's well, really you. good. It's Appreciate gold. It. We enjoy the hell. Last question here from Tone. I know we're eating up a lot of your time. Eli, obviously, you were with Odell uh, during his first years and probably his best years. Uh, still a free agent, rumored to be potentially going to the Jets and partnering with Aaron Rodgers potentially. How do you think that would go? And how do you think Aaron's going to handle the uh, New York media? Yeah, y'all, y'all know Aaron better than I do. I think Whoa. Uh, y'all get to talk with them, and and uh, and and so it'll be interesting. The New York media and and some of his uh, antics and everything going on. It'll be it'll be it'll be different for him. It'll be a lot different than Green Bay, but. 
he's a pro. He's been he's been through it. He's comfortable in his own skin. So I, I think he'll, uh, you know, if it if it all kind of plays out and it all works that way, uh, he'll be he'll be ready for it. And uh, and Odell, obviously, tremendous tremendous talent. Um, you know, we had had great runs, and and so hopefully he he's back healthy and 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 want him to. Yeah, get on a good team, stay healthy for a number of years. Kind of, you know, uh, he's still he's still extremely talented. So I, I root for him. I I hope you know he can get get back going and just uh, you know be be even eighty percent of the version that he was is still a top receiver in the NFL right now. I agree. That doesn't get talked about a lot. Everybody, he's not the same Odell. It's like maybe not, but like. He's not a guy. So he can be good. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, he's not a guy yeah. still. Like I don't know if that's a thing. All right. So who you got? Winning the, you got Justin Thomas. I'm going Justin Thomas. Going JT. Just feel like he's 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 ready. All right. I'll go. Um, I have a bet on him because he's such big odds. Right. Yeah. I'll go Rom. We'll go five hundred uh, to a foundation. All right. Deal. Boom. Done. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. Enjoy your weekend. You're the best. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, Pat. All hey. right, guys. Be well. Hey, how about that birdie on eighteen? Yeah. You can't talk about it. You can talk about it. I can't. Okay, it was great. It was great. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Eli Rayner. Yeah. Joining us live from Manatic in Ohio is a man who's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion. Jesus Christ. This guy. You're unbelievable. Where's the cinder A Ryder Cup champion, a video game community shit stirrer, a COVID survivor, and a father of 10, the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, A.J. Hawk. AJ Pac-Man just took some CBD, it seems like, and he is at the ceiling. Uh, but it is very high vibes around here. We got a chance to chat with Eli Manning. AJ, do you know that man? I do not know Eli personally, but I did want to take the moment to congratulate him again on that birdie on 18. It sounds like it was a magical moment, actually. It was a huge deal. Hey, it was a huge deal. I was not in that particular – I was not there for it. Mm. I only got to experience the aftermath, which was loud and pretty – Dramatic, I will Volatile. say. Volatile. Just because there was a moment of pride there from uh, old Eli. I, I think that was a – they were down three, I think, with like four left or something like that. Ooh. So I think they went on a complete run. Did that win it for him or did yeah. that tie it? One. I won it. That Ooh, won it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they got real hot. And I think Eli shot a 75 that day. So, like, I think it was a lot on the back of old mm-hmm. Eli there to kind of clo- uh, close it up. Yeah, a little 15-footer. He said a little mm-hmm. slider right to left. Not a lot to talk about it. It was a massive piece of conversation immediately after the round, I will say, by all parties on the golf course. Not, You know what I mean? Okay. This was one that was far-reaching. So, Whole I think group. that is why you know, one particular party in the group wants it to be hey, that was last month mm-hmm. yeah, let's, about it. <laughs> let's move along here uh but it was a fun time he seems like a great guy great football player aj yeah anyone that ever you ever talked to when he was playing loved eli all of his teammates were like hey man like i know he might not say much in the media and like he's whatever they said he is one of the funniest teammates i've ever been around and he's always messing around and obviously the guy brought two rings to new york okay so i actually have similar ig- exact breakdown of my interactions with him because when he does interviews and with us I think he just I think there was a little there we saw some oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we saw some yeah. when you see the Manning cast there's moments where you know he forgets that he's on yeah yeah he's flipping off the camera right and, when they're going to break it's usually like little comments to eat to Peyton as they're going to break yeah and it's like you can kind of get a sense of who he is walking around having some drinks with him and then we kind of took a tour of the course that we were at uh, at night, and there was, I don't know, 10, 10 bottles of wine maybe, I think, mm-hmm. amongst a, a, a pretty large group. And just him, just out of nowhere, we'd be walking, and then something would come 
from his mouth that I would just I would I would literally start like crying and I'm like Eli okay this is awesome and then he would always like what like it was yeah. you know he's had to be that guy since high school he talked about it though he, Peyton's five years older than him like he's always had to probably humble himself I assume because of all the things that are being said and also he was being compared to Peyton as an NFL guy whenever he was still in like high school yep. you know so it's like he has a very good sense of the world I think Eli does even though he's been in this fairy tale land that is the Manning family creating <laughs> NFL <laughs> legends pretty much but yeah here's Eli I have baby Eli, chill. Baby Eli, Brock Lesnar threw up a couple of those on Monday Night Raw. Oh, yeah, Seems like the middle finger might be all the way back. Oh, Speaking yeah. of the middle finger, Dan Snyder put the middle finger down. Dan Snyder said, "You know what, Jeff Bezos, you can give me seven, six billion dollars to buy the Washington Commanders." This was allegedly an agreement that was made a couple months back. Jeff Bezos has learned that he is allowed to buy the Washington Commanders, and Dan Snyder would bless him with the Washington Commanders. And Jeff Bezos has explained to Dan Snyder that although he is the owner of the Washington Post, he is not actually in charge of the contents of the Washington Post. And Dan Snyder has come to understand that the investigative reporting and the about how terrible his building has been right. from the city's biggest paper and one of the national papers, Washington Post, that is owned by Jeff Bezos, isn't necessarily Jeff Bezos writing it or calling people to write it so that he could potentially get in there. Jeff Bezos has not made an official offer for the commanders, even after learning of this mis- uh, this information, if you look at the timeline on it all. What are your thoughts? Bezos is inevitably going to buy the commanders with Jay-Z and Matthew McConaughey or Magic Johnson making a plea on the Today Show yesterday about Dan Snyder please blessing us with the allowing us to give him six billion dollars to buy the commanders this is an interesting situation but it sounds like dan snyder will no longer be an nfl owner if all these tea leaves are accurate well i mean this is dan this is a great situation for dan snyder right he has multiple people bidding billions and billions of dollars for the team that he owns that he sounds like he did not want to get away from it but now the money is going to be so much i would imagine there's a lot of pressure from the other owners and everyone else so yeah i mean why not to the bids, though, don't they claim they're blind bids? I would imagine this is going to whoever the highest bidder is, but I know they have to claim it's not. Uh, no, because the it was the Bowling Fund or something. It was the uh, this one's for Pat, mm-hmm. his family trust or something. Oh, so, they, so okay. that was the angle where they said we have to take the most amount of money. Because it's the trust. It's right. not uh, like that's what they said. But Is it Dan Snyder's decision, though, to take? Like, okay, so why would he not take the husband? Well, of course. That's what we're thinking. Exactly. But I think there's a chance where people. Can they push him? Can they lean him one way? Can they nudge him one way or the other, Raj or whoever? Magic Johnson was on the Today Show saying, Please. if Dan Snyder. <laughs> Come on, we. Uh, Please, yeah. You know why, man? I mean, the, meet, the, the owner's having a meeting. They having their talks between the owners. Hey, who the fuck are you letting in here? Y'all want yeah. me? And Frank is no black owners right now, buddy, in the NFL. That's an interesting thing. Is there any? There's none, not even zero. A- I'm talking about their own straight, like majority, like what Magic Johnson is doing. No, it's not one. That was a move by Magic Johnson to go on the Today Show, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. in the quote, he actually said uh, African uh, and another African American owner. So there's probably minority owners, we'd assume, that are minorities yeah. uh, in the NFL. We would assume that is the case. We do not know every minority owner around the NFL because some of them I don't even think are disclosed. Mm-hmm. There's some people that have a percentage of a team, 2% of a team, 5% of a team, 10% of a team. Tepper, former minority owner. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. I believe Haslam was a former Steelers. minority owner for the Steelers. Like, there's a lot of different, you know, people that have already done business with the NFL, have a percentage of the NFL that we don't know. But Magic going on there saying, hey, I am certainly in this game. Josh Harris is the lead investor. I'm pretty... I'm right there in it next to him. That's a big move by Magic, and maybe it does sway Dan Snyder to make a babyface play towards the end of this whole thing. Well, don't you think it also looks good? It it doesn't look good, but it it feels good to have Magic Johnson involved in the NFL. We've seen the businessman that he is. He'll be, you know, we'll get his awesome Twitter, his observations about what happened in the games. Everyone's going to be following along. Wait, you know, you wait for those Magic tweets. I know they're. They're pretty in-depth and amazing. So They're tackling out here. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing with Run the, around the right side, touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing he hasn't been great at, yeah. I think, in the history of his I life. I think he's great at Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's found his niche. He's found yeah. his niche. Joining us now is a man who might know about the business of the NFL better than any human in the history. He's negotiated over $7 billion worth of contracts with the NFL. He was the star of a Sports Center commercial or two. Ladies and gentlemen, still killing the game. Drew Rosenhaus. What's up, man? Thanks, Pat. And you forgot to mention at one time representing you. That's one of the highlights of my careers, man. We were talking about that actually <laughs> in here. I said I was actually with Drew Rosenhaus for a little bit. Drew Rosenhaus, I have nothing but respect for. Always replied Thanks. to me. What I needed, though, was a little bit different than what was happening. And it was like all good. Sure. I think all good literally through the entire thing. And Massive respect for you, sir, and everything you've built. You work your ass off out there. Thank you, Pat. The feeling's mutual, and great to come on with you today. I'm real happy for your success, and one of the things that I enjoy the most about being an agent is seeing when some of your guys, when they're done playing football, go on and do great things, and I'm I'm super proud of been affiliated with your career when you played in the NFL. Hell yeah, Drew. I appreciate you too, man. Uh, Let's dive into the NFL and the business side of the NFL. Obviously, the massive conversation piece right now whenever it comes to negotiating and agents and everything like that is the Lamar Jackson deal with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the precedent was set, I guess, with Deshaun Watson with his $230 million guaranteed. Before that, Kirk Cousins got like a three-year $91 million fully guaranteed. And guaranteed contracts, you know this more than anybody, have been something that have been sought for by players for decades and generations and generations. Do you think this Lamar situation continues with that precedent of guaranteed contracts or ups the percentage of guaranteed contracts? Or how do you think you see it panning out as somebody that is not involved, just your punditry of knowing the business as well as you do? I I wish I was the agent for Lamar Jackson because he's a great football player and I'm confident I could get a deal worked out for him. Pat, I think guaranteed contracts are amazing. Um, And obviously, as an agent, would love to see all contracts in the NFL fully guaranteed and be more consistent with what we see in Major League Baseball and the NBA. But I don't think you must have, let's say, a five-year fully guaranteed contract to make it work. What if you did four years fully guaranteed at signing and You had the final year guaranteed based on an injury guarantee or one that becomes fully guaranteed based on performance. There should be a compromise. I, as an agent, learned a long time ago, try to stay away from extremes. Deshaun Watson is a very good contract, but that doesn't mean in order to get a great deal, you have to have the exact deal that Deshaun Watson gets. Maybe you get more money overall than Deshaun Watson. Maybe you get more money than Deshaun Watson in the first year, the second year, the third year, and through four years, and maybe the fifth year 
isn't guaranteed, but you offset that guarantee by getting more money overall in the first four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's ways to get deals done is my point. And Lamar, like any player, has the right to represent himself as the 35-year veteran of this business. I'm confident I could get with the Ravens and their general manager, Eric DaCosta, and work out a deal with Eric. If not that, I'm confident that I could find another team to work out a suitable deal as a franchise player and try and set up, uh, you know, a deal for two first-round picks. Drew, aren't you in South Florida, right? Do you know Lamar? Have you ever reached out? How would that work? He would have to reach out to you? How, how, how would that whole thing? No, he doesn't have an agent. We, we've reached out um, a couple times. He has been expressed an interest in hiring us. I'm right in his backyard. <laughs> He's a South Florida guy. So am I. Lamar, if you watch this great show, thank you. consider this to be an invitation to hire me. We'll work it out. I'll get you signed, and you'll be a very happy man if you do. Hell yeah. There's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake here. You know, and the NFL has been doing business one particular way for a long time. You've been doing it for 35 years. You also know other situations. I'm not saying that Lamar won't be able to negotiate his own deal. I'm somebody that I've negotiated my own deals. Hundreds of millions of dollars I've negotiated my own deals. But there are some places where you're negotiating with it's like, I'm not the right person to be representing me in this conversation. This might be one of them, and you are the perfect human to potentially get in there. What are your thoughts? And I'm sorry, AJ, I know you had some. Mulligetta, you you got to have respect for him, right? He's like the next Drew Rosenhaus almost. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, David Mulligetta's done a nice job in his career, and, and he's one of the agents that's made a great impact, and, and certainly he can be proud of his work on the Deshaun Watson contract. And I respect a lot of agents. It's not like I'm the only agent that could find a deal for Lamar. I just wish he had uh, someone that was a professional that does this for a living. I can't, uh, there's no way I could go play in the NFL. I get that. I'm not even close to that. Never could, but I'm a very good agent. That's what I do for a living. And I'm confident based on my 35 years of experience and all the people that I know and the ability to find ways to get deals done, there isn't just one way to get a deal done. You can structure deals differently. You can structure guarantees differently. You can have signing bonuses and front load contracts. You could create voidable years. You could do a shorter term, maybe a two-year deal. There's a lot of ways around this. I just, you know, I'd love to have a shot at getting Lamar signed. Okay, well, good luck out there, Drew. We're pulling. Hey, we're all pulling for yeah, you. Because we want Lamar to get a couple hundred million dollars. He's earned it. He's deserved it. I hope it happens. Good, AJ. Drew, what were your uh, your initial thoughts when you first read through Deshaun Watson's contract when he signed that uh, with Mulligetta as his agent? And did you have any idea at the time like the impact it would have on the rest of the league? Well, I was very excited, obviously, because uh, I think he set a precedent, Deshaun Watson that um, for any top quarterback, it's, uh, it's obviously a wonderful deal, and it's one that the, the top quarterback should all shoot for. You know, and, and one of your great guests, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's, he's been a master in, in his representation at getting great deals, and, you know, he's the guy that should be making somewhere around $50 million ultimately this year when, when he's uh, a New York Jet. I'm sure that's going to happen. You would know better than me. But um, I thought the Watson deal was the game changer for quarterbacks, just like I thought the deal we did for Tyreek Hill was oh. the game changer for wide receivers. Yeah. You know, when. Yeah. That changed the whole look, world. 
It was the big one. It, uh, you know, we guaranteed the first three years of his contract signing, and he became the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history, regardless of position. I think it helps. You know, when you see d- deals like Tyreeks, Deshaun Watson, it's just another, another ladder for other great players to sign and to climb and get better deals. And I, and I admire Lamar for going for it. Um, I just would love to see him align himself with people that could help him make the most of this opportunity. Hey, Drew. It only comes once. Hey, Drew. So, like, whenever we think about Lamar representing himself, okay, and this is if Lamar gets a chance to see this, which I'm not assuming he is, but if he does get to see it, I think Lamar has the idea, and this is as somebody who has negotiated for myself in a lot of situations. He thinks to himself, I know what my number should be. I know that I could potentially talk my way to that number if I was given the opportunity to discuss what I owe, what I'm owed, what I should get. I could give some stuff up. Like, There's a lot of people that are very street smart and savvy whenever it comes to that type of stuff that are also players. So I respect whenever guys want to do their own business. Fuck, I do it. But with that being said, there is something to what you just having a conversation in a relationship with everybody in the fucking NFL and knowing what situations are potentially available and being able to reach out to them and say, hey, this could happen. Is it all just your network, the way you deliver a message? What is it you think that makes a good agent a good agent? Well, you know, certainly I understand Lamar's logic is saying, hey, I'm a better player than Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I don't have the baggage off the field and I should get a better deal than he got. It's just not that simple. And, you know, when we approached the Chiefs last year about making Tyreek Hill the highest-paid wide receiver in the game, uh, you know, they, it wasn't that simple for them either because they had Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones and a lot of other great players, and they couldn't make that work. And so they gave me the opportunity to shop uh, for a trade with Tyreek. And ultimately, we found a first-round pick, multiple Day two picks, and it was a bonanza for the Chiefs, and it was a great deal for the Dolphins. Everybody won. Tyreek got – he had one of the great years ever for a wide receiver, and the Chiefs landed a bunch of picks they could use to build on defense that helped them win a championship again. So that's what I'm talking about. The ability as a veteran agent to talk to 31 other teams and try and find a sweet spot. One team out there has got to agree with me that Lamar Jackson is a franchise quarterback that can turn their team around and help them get to a Super Bowl. I think he's the Super Bowl caliber player. He's an MVP type of guy. He's the generational talent. There's got to be a deal out there with the Ravens or with some other team. I just, you know, I mean, uh, obviously as an agent, you dream of the opportunity to work with guys like Tyreek and guys like Lamar Jackson and, that's what I live for. Guys like Jalen Carter and so many of the other clients that we had. You know, this year we had two guys in free agency. Pat, they got the two biggest deals no big in deal. free agency. Javon Hargrave, what? who went from the Eagles to the Niners, and Juwan Taylor, who went from the Jaguars to the Chiefs. I love those kind of contract negotiations. I'm ready, Lamar. If you're watching, <laughs> uh, hit me back. I'm okay, available. Drew. Hold on, Drew. So 
Like, whenever the Chiefs and the Dolphins deal happens for Tyreek Hill, you go to the Dolphins, obviously you have a relationship with all teams. The Miami Dolphins, I assume, is no different because it is your backyard. I think I've seen you at a lot of games down there when other clients are playing against the Dolphins. You're in there talking because it is your home or whatever. So the Miami Dolphins say, oh, we like Tyreek Hill. We think we'd give up uh, this and this. Do you tell them that isn't going to be enough for the Chiefs? Are you negotiating for the Chiefs with the Dolphins until there's a a real presentation that you think could get a deal done? Or do you let the Dolphins make the pitch, and then you kind of let them figure it out from there. How hands-on are you whenever it comes to like compensation? Because allegedly what the Ravens can get for Lamar, you'd assume would be pretty good, but there's really no leverage right now because there's no teams allegedly involved. The Dolphins have a great GM in Chris Greer, and, and the Chiefs have a, a, a world-class GM in Brett Beach. Um, but I was a conduit between the two, and there were times when you know, Brett was, was stuck on what he wanted, and there were times when Chris maxed out what he was willing to give, and I was the guy that could bounce different ideas off of both of them. And obviously, they, they agreed to the deal, but I, I knew what they both were looking for, and I was able to encourage both sides to find a compromise. So yeah, that's, um, listen, that's what we they, need. They don't need yeah. my help. That's what you need. I, that's, what, that's what you need, though. And any right. you need somebody, like, kind of poking the bushes on. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's go ahead and get them out there. Let's, let's go ahead and do this. Like, that. that is what you that's, need. That's what I did. Yeah, yep. well, that's there's incredible. No doubt about it. And just be relentless. You know, I think there were times when that deal was dead and the Chiefs may, maybe moved on and they were focused on the Jets or – you know, the Dolphins didn't think that they could get it done, and, and I just stayed with it and was able to make it happen. And, and, and obviously, that's the key to getting any deal done for your clients. Uh, and both of you guys had awesome NFL careers and had, you know, made the most of your opportunities contractually. You need agents that, uh, you know, in many respects can, can keep a deal alive and can get it over the hump, can get it over the goal line, can make it home. It's funny. Bring it home, baby. Agents are, you know, kind of... Described as these robotic figures, I think people think. But really, you have to be the most... You have to be in with everybody. Hey, you got to have everybody like you. Now, obviously, they're going to start out liking you because you have an asset that they want. So you're going in on a good front. But if everybody likes you and gets along, you can go like, ah, come on. You can give them a little bit more there, don't you think? This is what we're talking about. And like that that whole, that's a big part of getting a deal done for people to meet in the middle and then bang. Okay, I just got $7 billion worth of deals. I mean, it's an incredible thing. We hope Lamar Jackson's listening. Pac-Man has a question for you, Drew. What's up, Drew? Sure. Um, hey, Pac-Man, how are you? That's my man right there. We, we had a lot of great <laughs> conversations together. Hey, Drew, hopefully Lamar is listening to this, right? I want to ask you a question. I want you. This is going to be rapid fire, right? All right, I want you sure. to name 10 GMs that you know right now. Just in general. Just in general. Let's, let's, very easy. I know all 32. Just give me let's 10 of them. the AFC East, the Dolphins, Chris Greer, the Jets, Joe Douglas, Brandon Bean, the Buffalo Bills, the Patriots, Bill Belichick nice. is really the GM, but he does lean on Macro and Elliott Wolf in the AFC Central. You've got Omar Khan with the Steelers, Duke Tobin with the Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Andrew Berry, Baltimore Ravens, Eric DaCosta. Is that good enough for you? That's good, Drew. And I, I hope Lamar <laughs> listened to because I'm quite sure he only know one or two. And maybe <laughs> the other two that yes, he sir. met at the fucking combine. My whole point yeah, about you this know, company- Pac-Man, obviously, I know all 32 GMs. Um, extremely well. I, I talk to them on a regular basis at their cell numbers, call, text them. I feel like I get along well with all of them. Many of the owners I deal with, uh, many of the head coaches I deal with. A lot of the deals that I get done, I go to the head coach like uh, and Andy Reid, for example, is very integral and involved. 
It's important that as an agent, you know the organization. If you name the organization, I'll tell you who are the key components to get it done. In Philadelphia, it's Howie Roseman, for example. But Nick Sirianni's got a lot of pull with the success that he's had. If you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, it's a two-headed monster with Brett Veach and Andy Reid. If you're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay, Mike Jerome. Tomlin's got a lot of influence with Omar Khan, the new GM. Okay, my point was that that you have a lot of relationship that Lamar do not, does not have. Um, if you was the agent, um, I'm quite sure that you can go and try to pitch deals before the tag part co- probably came, right? Absolutely. So You should should avoid the franchise tag. Right. So if if you was the agent, do you Mm. think you could have got this done before that? And second of all, if he was listening to this, how much (laughs) would you charge him? Would it be 3%? Oh, no. It's got to be two. One and a half. Maybe one and a half. half. I got to ask. It's got to be down there. Let me say say this. Number one, my fee would be negotiable for Lamar. Hey, there's what? Hey, Lamar. Lamar, Lamar, you're doing the business, Lamar. There you are. You're hiring somebody to negotiate. It would definitely be negotiable, right? I'd have some flexibility. That's number one. Number two. What I believe is I would have gotten a deal done with the Ravens before he would have gotten franchise tag because I think that the Ravens are very motivated to sign him. I know for a fact that they appreciate how great he is, and I'm confident we would have found a a sweet spot to get it done. With that being said, let's just say you got the Indianapolis Colts out there and they've got a new new head coach, Shane Steichen, who was the offensive coordinator from the Eagles – they need a quarterback. You got Chris Ballard, who's a great GM, and you've got an owner in Jim Ursay. Pat knows him very well. Pat was the call. Ursay wants to win. Say what you will about him. He wants to win. So I get on the phone with Chris Ballard right now, and I'd say, Chris, you've you've tried. You've gone all out for guys like Wentz. You've made moves for Matt Ryan. You got nailed when Luck retired early on. Let's make it happen for Lamar Jackson. Two first-round picks. Forget about it. This year, you've got the fourth pick. You're going to gamble on Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. They're very talented guys, but we don't know what they can do in the NFL. My opinion is give up that first-round pick. Next year's first-round pick, with Lamar Jackson's going to be a late first-rounder anyway because you're going to be a playoff team with him. Give up pick 32. This will turn this franchise around. Let's go, Chris. Wow. Hell yeah. And then you call. And if if he, you know, you then text me and say, like, hey, Chris is saying it can't happen. I'm like, cool. Let me text Jim. I'll text Jim. (laughs) Not that you don't have a relationship with Jim. And it's like, hey, you know what? We'll kind of, I'll negotiate my fee as well. You know what I mean? I'll negotiate my fee in this entire thing. But is Jim involved in that stuff or is it mostly Chris? Chris is obviously highly respected by everybody and Jim Irsay. But is this something with a quarterback at that level? Jim would have to be involved, I'd assume. It, and uh, I would say in dealing with the with the Colts over the years, I have not dealt much with, with Jim Irsay. I've dealt entirely with, with Chris Ballard. Um, and, yeah, Chris. You know, Ballard's got a real good team around him, good executives. They've got an assistant GM and Ed Dodds. So they're a deep front office. But let's face it, Irsay, he's very hands-on. We all saw that with Jeff Saturday's hiring last year. Uh, but I, I do think uh, there are many teams out there like the Colts where Lamar Jackson would be a huge upgrade and would make a ton of sense. And sell a lot of tickets, Drew. Yep. Yeah. Jerseys. No no doubt. And, and listen, I, I, I'll say this. I'm pretty confident that Eric DaCosta, whatever deal I could get from another team, I'm pretty sure Eric DaCosta is going to stamp that deal 
<laughs> and say, we'll match it. I don't Ooh. think they're letting Lamar go. Okay. Um, I, I expect Lamar to be a Raven, but it sure would be nice to get out there and negotiate that contract and get a deal done. And I think the Ravens would match it, in my opinion. End of the story. Everybody wins. Okay. So maybe they fix the facility a little bit, too. And then they were trying to get OBJ, we heard. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were trying to get, like, T.Y. Hilton a couple of years back. Yep. They were trying sure. to get uh, Slay. Darius Slay just yep. a couple of weeks ago. Yep. They were trying to get, like, seems like the Ravens have always, like, tried and tried and tried mm-hmm. to get in there. You handle Lamar, hopefully you'll be able to handle everything else. You had two guys get traded this uh, these last couple of weeks. How's that okay. work? Darren Waller just signed a deal. Hey, he mm-hmm. just signed a deal, and he's a guy. And we were just talking oh. uh, with Eli Manning, and Bruce Brown asked the question, who's a diehard Giants fan, Eli. He said, it feels like Darren Waller's the best weapon we've had since Plexico Burris, maybe. Like, that's an immediate sure. upgrade for the Giants or whatever. But he just gets married in Vegas. Was the mar- the wedding thing a part of it? And how long had that been brewing? And how easy of a deal is that to make whenever Darren Waller's potentially available to the rest of the NFL? So you're right. We had two clients that were traded this offseason in very high-profile pro- high trades. DJ Moore went from the Panthers to the Bears as part of the trade for the number one overall pick. And Darren Waller was traded from the Raiders to the Giants for a third-round pick. We'll talk first about Darren's deal. The Raiders were in negotiations last year to trade Darren. Darren was very nearly traded last offseason. And uh, so that relationship. Well, um, I I think the Packers and the Dolphins were very interested in Darren at that time. You think? But the trade trade didn't happen. The Raiders pulled back, I think, right before those (laughs) deals could get done. Now, with that being said, Pat, Darren did sign a contract last last offseason, right before the season started, correct myself, where he became the highest paid tight end. So much, much respect to the Raiders for doing that. Darren had two years left on his deal, and they made him the highest paid tight end in NFL history. That, After that shopping. After shopping him. That's a good deal, hey, Drew. Yeah. Yeah. That's not an yeah, easy it deal. It worked out, yeah. but I, I never <laughs> thought the fit was great. I, I never thought the relationship was great. Once you start looking at trades – and moving a guy. So Darren was open to the trade. He loved the idea of going to play with Daniel Jones, who, uh, you know, is an up-and-coming quarterback. Darren's a real aspiring guy off the field, really talented, a musician. He's got his own podcast called Comeback Stories. So he loves going to the Big Apple. He'll be a big sensation there. And I think he'll enjoy playing for Dayball, who is the former tight end coach who coached our guy Gronkowski. In New England, Dayball does great things with tight ends. So I love that trade. DJ Moore's trade was an example of, uh, by no means did the Panthers want to trade DJ, but the Bears were smart. They knew the Panthers really wanted to draft the quarterback. They were insistent on getting DJ as part of that package, and they landed a number one wide receiver for Justin Fields. Great trade for the Bears. Uh, the Panthers feel like it's a great trade for them. Time will tell. Depends how good C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young is if they happen to pick one of those two guys. Okay, so D.J. doesn't mind when you have to call, when you call him and tell him he's getting traded, or do you know before him? Who knows? how? Who, how's that whole thing go? It, Pat, it happened very quickly. We found out at the same time um, that the Panthers were, were in tears. Literally, oh, really? when they called DJ, it was Wait. emotional for them. Uh, DJ DJ was fine with it because, you know, when a team trades for you, 
they invest capital in you. And that means you're more valuable. That means you're going to get a new contract sooner. That means you're more likely to have a greater career with the team that trades for you. So it's always a good thing from a business standpoint when you do get traded because someone is investing draft picks in you and capital, and that's a bonus. Emotionally, it's hard for a guy like DJ who was drafted in the first round by the Panthers, has a home there, his family's there, loves it there. Human. But it, you, you understand the business component. Yeah. Yeah. Trades aren't easy, <clears throat> but you have to embrace them because they can be for the better. Yeah, it's like Listen, you get drafted again. Traded. It's like you get drafted again almost, the way you said like they're invested in you. It's almost like a new draft day. Like, hey, you're a guy that is now a first-rounder yet again for this new team. You're not – not only going to be given every opportunity, which he deserves, but also they're going to like, hey, let's we 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 invested. Let's make this work, Neat. however we possibly can. So professionally, and, and we've canceled we've canceled trades before, Pat. Rob Gronkowski Detroit. was traded to the Lions. <laughs> he said to me, Drew, I don't want to leave New England. Come on. We went and met with Belichick. We talked to the Lions at the time. The GM was Bob Quinn. The head coach then was Matt Patricia. We told them honestly, Rob didn't want to leave New England, and we worked a deal out with New England. The deal was over. No trade. Antonio Brown was traded to the Buffalo Bills and from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Antonio did not want to play for the Bills. Instead, he wanted to go to the Raiders. And ultimately, we worked out a deal with the Raiders. And we next the deal with the Bills. This was before Josh Allen came of age. So you can, you can shut down a trade as an agent and a player if your client doesn't embrace it. Both Darren and DJ embraced those trades and we supported it. From a representation standpoint. Hell yeah, Drew. A couple more questions for you here from the boys. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Drew, you mentioned Jalen Carter, and it was reported yesterday or the day before that he's not taking any visits outside the top 10. How's that decision get made? And then also, is there no thought of like a team that's maybe at like 13, 14 that would possibly trade up for him? I can't believe people are second, are thinking for a second that I'm not aware that teams can trade up. Give me a break. Like some people have come out and said, why would I do this? Teams could trade up. Yeah, no, I'll duh. <laughs> Don't you no, think do I've had a hundred teams trade up to take our guys in the draft? I just didn't start becoming an agent. So what I did, there were teams that wanted to bring Jalen in outside of the top 10. And I called those GMs and I said, are you thinking about trading up for my client?" If you are, we'll follow up with the visit. We'll, we'll keep it going. Got it. And the GMs were honest with me and saying, no, we don't think we can get up there. So I said, quite honestly, I don't want to wear my client out going to visit teams that you're not going to be able to get them. Yeah. I know he's going in the top 10. Teams in the top 10 have said to me, and I'm not going to identify those teams, right. obviously, but top 10 teams have said, we're taking your guy if he's there. Why would I send Jalen to go meet a team travel, rehash all of the difficult offseason that he's had to go through Crazy. and put him through that when that team's not going to get him. But, of course, I talked to the team about the possibility of trading up, and I one step further. I told those teams, look, if you want to come to Orlando and come meet with Jalen, he doesn't have to travel and go all over the country because he's already got six visits from the West Coast to the East Coast, from the South to the North <laughs> – I'm trying to protect my client. These guys aren't pieces of meat that just are shipped all over the place. They're human beings. They've got lives. They're not just objects and robots to be all over the place and prodded and 
Hell I'm yeah. here to protect these guys. Hell yeah, Drew. Hell yeah. That was so a real, hey, that was a great answer. Say that yeah. Come see him. And if they want him bad enough, they'll come see him. So believe me, I was very thorough. And every GM that we canceled the visit was respectful and understood that it made sense. Please don't think that I'm just ignoring the possibility of trades up. Last year, we had Chris Salave, who was the 11th pick, the team that drafted him. We're the Saints. They traded up to get them. Chris didn't go visit them, and they still traded up to get them. You don't know what you're talking about, Drew. Shut up. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> AJ, AJ has something for you. That was awesome. Drew, I want to ask you about. Uh, I want to ask you about recruiting clients. How is that different now than it was before? And like, are the rules different? Can you sign high school kids in some states? Can you go after college guys? How's it work? It's absolutely different, AJ, because the NIL. You guys would have killed it. In the NIL days, yeah. wouldn't have made the NFL. Made a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, so now we can start. We can sign guys out of high school in some states like California. We can't yet in Florida, which is ridiculous. It should be uniform in every state. Guys should be able to get NIL deals, in my opinion. We can start early. We can sign incoming freshmen, for example. So it's very different now. <laughs> We used to sign guys that were juniors or seniors and go right to work in the NFL draft. Now we're going to help these guys out really when they first get to college. And I, and I love it because I'm glad to help them make some money. I'm glad to work on endorsement deals. It's about time college guys got portal? paid. Sorry to cut you off. Do you do transfer yeah, portal we, stuff? We, Your clients will come yeah, to you and say, can help you get to another school? Absolutely. I'm involved with that 100%. Oh. If a guy needs my help, I'm more than happy to talk to teams about the best opportunities and, and even talk about the economics. Hey, college football is professional football now. Yeah. Let's not make any mistake. Guys like hey, you're just dropping right in? Now. Hey, Drew, hold on. So college football now just is getting the Drew Rosenhaus experience right now all of a sudden? Is that real? You know it, man. Are I'm you behind it right now? Are you behind the eight ball behind, or do you feel like you've picked it up pretty quickly because the relationships, uh, obviously the players, especially being down in South Florida, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's a factory down there dogs. of dogs. I mean, just absolute dogs <laughs> coming out of South yeah. Florida. But like, roof, the, roof. yeah, the college though, like the college scene, did you have to catch up? Was it quick? And how, that's a great call, AJ. Guys going into no. transfer portal and you being like, hey, listen, we got a guy, he's obviously this, this, that's a whole new game that I didn't even think about. It is, yeah, we're in the heart of it, and uh, we love it, and, and we're glad to, we picked it right up, and, and it was pretty seamless, and it's not like we're doing it for as many players in college as we are in the NFL, obviously. Um, but I love helping young men and, and women, and it'd be my pleasure to, you know, to help anybody that needs me in, in that circumstance, and so I'm now making hey, Drew, an impact Drew, college, college Drew, sports. I'm worried that there's going to be a lot of shit deals that guys are going to sign just because there's new deals, you know? Like, I'm happy to hear that you're potentially getting involved in that because my first sure. thing, and they were talking about, I was, I was on game day this year, very lucky to be on college game day this year. As the NIL thing's happening, very lucky to be there. It's a pivotal time in that whole thing. I obviously run my own digital media, social media business. So, like, NIL sponsorships and shit like that, I'm all about. Love players making money. But I think there's also a lot of terrible deals that have been presented to me at this stage. Like, where I am right now, already doing hundreds of millions of dollars in business, like, there's people that come to me with terrible deals. And it's like, if I was an 18-year-old 
And who would I have to rely on? Tim McAfee? So Tim McAfee <laughs> and Sally McAfee are the people that I'm going to ask, hey, is this a good deal? Yeah, you're getting a 1000 Yes, this is a good deal. Like, I think there's a lot of that potentially that could take place. So I wanted, like, you know, I think everybody was like, we need some – uh, guardrails guard rail. on yep. this, and they're like, "Well, when you say guardrails, you're saying that you don't want players paid." It's like, no, I would like players not to get fucked like that. It's I'm coming from a much different standpoint, so I'm happy to hear that you're diving in there because you're probably going to save a lot of people from a lot of terrible deals that some you know person thinks that they can kind of prey upon, uh, like some of these young people that don't know business as well. So I'm happy you're doing that. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, in, in, in all levels of representation, it's nice to have experienced people that can help you. And I think this will be one of the positives. You'll see more and more top agents getting involved in helping college players with NIL deals. And if you want to be a successful agent in the NFL or, or basketball or Major League Baseball, you better work in NIL because otherwise you're not going to get to these guys that are running out of agents now. A little early. They're assigning mm. these guys when they're graduating or they're juniors. That shit sailed. We have to get to work earlier. So you got to roll up your sleeves in this business and get to work, guys. And you do that. Last question here from Ty. We appreciate you. Drew, obviously your job is to get your client in the you know best position available and get him the most money. But like when you look at like a free agency and let's say like the market is a little bit down – how difficult is it kind of managing and setting expectations for guys when you maybe know like, hey, yeah, you're worth this amount. You believe you've earned mm-hmm. this amount, but the market just dictates that you're not going to get this amount. Like how difficult is that process? It, it's really hard. I mean, you know, I mentioned guys like Javon Hargrave and Juwan Taylor where the market was awesome for them. And we exceeded expectations, but we also have guys in free agency where the market isn't what you think it's going to be. And you have to make the best of it. And I was hoping the wide receiver market would be stronger this year, and it wasn't. And we had to make some tough decisions for guys like Jacoby Myers, and we still wound up getting a great deal for him with the Raiders. But uh, you just have to be honest with your clients. You have to tell them it's sometimes not what you think your value is, not what you think the market should be, but what the market really is. What are teams willing to pay you? That's the reality. It's not what we think we're worth. It's what is someone willing to pay you, and the sooner you can accept that, the better deal you're going to get. That's an all-business, by the way. Your value is what somebody's willing to pay. That's why when a deal gets done, it's like somebody had to put their money where their actual mouth was. So anytime you get a deal done, you should celebrate, you should enjoy it, and you've had a shit ton of them. Good luck with everything, Drew. What's next? The draft, obviously. Who do you got? We got the draft. Still have a lot of free agents. Uh, Obviously, college recruiting and NILs year-round, and love this business, man. How old are you, Drew? I'm 56 years old. I've got four kids now, Pat. Holy shit. Four kids. Drew, Seven, four, two, and I just had another son one month ago. Congratulations. Happy birthday to the new son. You're still killing it, man. Incredibly proud of you. You're you're an inspiration. Thanks again, guys. Have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Rosenhouse. 
accompanying us now is a man that is on the San Francisco 49ers football team. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the faces of the San Francisco 49ers is a future Hall of Famer. He's an absolute dog out of Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes legend and I got a chance to chat alongside his father on the Hidden Pearls podcast just yesterday that I believe will be coming out in the next week or so. An absolute stud. A man who saved me and helped me at WrestleMania on Saturday. George fucking Kittle. What's up, boys? What's up, George? Hey, you in that tank top on set. You were yoked, dude. Huh? Shredded. What? I'll what? roll it out for you. Oh, Jeez. Hey, are you always – I saw your dad. Your dad took it. Oh. Your dad took his shirt off uh, and had a tank top last night on the Hidden Pearls podcast, and then we got to see him after WrestleMania. Bye. He's a strapping lad. Dog. Okay? Are you, have you always just been yoked, shredded, or are you, like, in peak shape right now that you've all – like, how, what is – because you are – it's got to be, like, 4% body fat. Oh, God. 6'5", just fucking a monster, and he can move. Like, why are you the way you are, and have you always been like this? Uh, no, I was actually, uh, a small, small human being up until basically my junior year of high school. Actually, yeah, junior year of college, really, I had a two inch growth spurt, but like, I, I was like 170 pounds in high school, six foot one. Um, Why are and we- then I ran, I had a growth spurt in college. I grew like two and a half inches and gained 70 pounds. That's that helped a lot. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, because you, you still got that little guy athleticism, right? And then your body just kind of gets bigger and stronger and faster. Yeah, basically, yeah. So, I mean, I, I appreciate the 6'5". I'm, combine got me in at 6'3 and 5'8". Shout out. No no help there. 6'3 and 5'8", and uh, 245 pounds-ish. Bro, they push you. I know, right? Yeah, they push you down at the combine. The NBA wants you taller. Put on the highest shoes you got. The NFL is like, no, nope, be the small as you fucking can. We don't care at all. <laughs> they, put you in, they put you in a divot so you're even shorter than they say you are. It's tough. You're walking around at 6'5", though. You put some shoes on. Oh, you're yeah. a monster, and on Saturday, you looked fantastic. Go ahead, AJ. George, that's what I wanted to ask you about WrestleMania. Was it what you expected? Obviously, I thought you did a, had an unbelievable yeah. performance. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Miz might be hurt. I think he's legit hurt from, from what you have done to him and jumped around that ring, everything you were doing. How did you feel? Like, was it, was it what you expected, I guess? Well, I mean, it was a wonderful experience. Like, WWE is one of the coolest companies I've ever done anything with. Like, their, uh, their hospitality is above and beyond they just treat everybody so well uh the shows they put on are amazing wrestlemania is one of the coolest experiences like if you've never been to wrestlemania if you don't even watch wrestling wrestlemania is an incredible experience worth it you gotta, yeah. at least once. you gotta do it at least once it's it's nuts so that that part was awesome like uh i know me and pat talked a little bit yesterday you know i've been pestering him for a while about you know wanting to get in the <laughs> ring help him out if he needed anything starting to know that hey i have your back if anything happens and Shot me a text last week. Like, hey, I, I might need you at WrestleMania. I might not. I'm not sure. Just be ready. So I've been wearing uh, that black tank top you're about to see for about two weeks. <laughs> and just in preparation. Just ready, you know, in case, you know, something happened in the middle of the day, workout-wise. And then uh, I had my opportunity because the Miz used to decide to mouth off. Thought he was tough enough to push me out of my chair. <laughs> my wife said, hey, go in there and kick his ass. And I'm, I'm not going to let my wife down. So I had to go in there and back up my guy, Pat. Nice. Hey, I appreciate your wife saying that because it certainly helped me. And he did try to make you a little punk bitch, didn't he? I mean, he, he was like, you're behind the banister. I'll put... He was quitting a match at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. first of all. Out. Okay, all I wanted, and as soon as I heard there was an open challenge, I'm like, oh, now's the time. <laughs> I'm it. sitting in this bus. 
eight hours for this moment to potentially arrive. We didn't know when it was going to come, if a moment was going to come. But if it came, we're going to be ready, much like you. So he says, I have an open challenge. It's like I sprint from the bus to Gorilla. Mm -hmm. I say, excuse me, can you please play my music? I would like to go answer his challenge. They say, you got it. So we go out there, you know. And I thought it was a win-win because I get a chance to say, Hello to the beautiful WWE Universe uh -huh. again. Of course. What a group that I've missed while I've been incredibly busy with everything we have going on. And I can't wait to get back yet again because to everything you said, that place is fucking fantastic. But also, as a massive Miz fan, mm -hmm. I get a chance to, you know, see the Miz have a match at oh, WrestleMania. He deserves that. The Miz... WrestleMania, the, the world deserves yeah. to see The Miz. He's awesome. At WrestleMania, it was yeah. a win-win. I've never seen a win-win like that. No. Just like so available, just right in front of my eyes. And it's like, well, I'm not going to miss the opportunity. So I got, And he was going to quit. He's yeah. going to leave. Yeah, he was. And George, you were a member of the WWE Universe, Miz fan. You go, Miz, get your ass back in the ring, Come dude. On. We all want to see you work, right? Isn't that what you were saying? I was just like, hey, man, the people want to see you go in there. The people want to see you go in there. Now, I will say, Pat, when I heard your music kit, I knew that, hey, this is my one shot and opportunity. Yeah. So may I – I might have triggered The Miz into hitting me, so I had an excuse to get in there. Oh, I didn't know that. But, I'm just learning this. But I didn't say anything to me. And I, said, hey, I said, Miz, get in there. Give the people what they want. And then he told me to shut up. And I was like, don't say that to me. And he shoves me. I was like – Okay. What are we what are we doing? Man? Well, what do we do? I thought this was a respectable business. Well, I thought we we're friends. I'm a fan of yours, actually. Yeah. yeah. Watch on Fear Factor with Rogan way back That's then. Challenge. <laughs> Saw you in real world. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan. And then I uh as I distracted that ref, because we would have been disqual I would have been disqualified so quick. You hit him so hard. Mm -hmm. uh, you hit him so so and I know that, you know, you have a couple moves just in the back pocket just in case. There there was some conference, you know, the, the clothesline is not an easy thing, no. you know, to really Felt like you hit it pretty good, right? I feel like you felt pretty good on the contact there with Ole Miss. I uh, I use the same tactics as I do for football. I visualized the move that I was going to want to use. And then I wanted to do more. But when I heard his, like, lifeless body smack, smack it, I was like, ah, I don't need to hit him anymore other than that. He's going to be okay and <gasps> I will be able to finish oh. it. Yeah, I heard like the wind leaving his body. His soul just exhaled, and I was like, "Ah, it's over for him. He's uh, he doesn't have any more left in the tank." And then he punted his face off. Well, you're also directing traffic. You're like, "Hey, you know what? Saw you last year at WrestleMania Dallas. Like, hey, you can go. Why don't you go up to the top?" You said, "I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I mean, I don't want to let down George Kittle. That's a good <laughs> idea. I don't want to let down George Kittle, especially after what he did." So I get up there. I realize it's a lot higher than I thought, and I have to swan ten bombini, mm -hmm. obviously through Miz's chest. I appreciate. I, did I get you? Well, I just you're you're the WWE superstar, so I I would just Great letting tell. everyone know how strong you were uh, in that jump right there. Oh, uh, okay. he's a worker. He knows. You know, you understand <laughs> the put over. You know everything like that. You get the biz. I I will say this: I was not going to let you jump higher than me, though. There's no chance. In <laughs> Did I know? Oh. I mean, if we a little close. <laughs> let's see, it might have been a conversation beforehand too. Like, hey, hey, if we ever do anything cool together, let's maybe. Ah, uh, look at your shoulder. <laughs> it is above my. Damn wow. it. He's, I mean, he's six four. He's bigger yeah. than so you yeah. jump further, right? He's five there. I jumped into him a little bit more. George, you're a freak, dude. You're a physical specimen. You're perfect for the WWE world. You almost got us disqualified there. I almost did where I was like, hey, help me out here. Well, thanks to the ref for being cool about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's yeah, a little feel. Great. That's a little feel by the ref. Like, hey, listen, there's no reason for this. Hey, best refs of the weekend, honestly, at WrestleMania. <laughs> 
Hey, you ain't lying. That fucking women's college well, basketball. Yeah. I know you're from Iowa, so obviously heartbreaker. Hell of a run, though. Hell of a run by the girls. And I'm a fan. Caitlin Clark is actually coming to West Virginia next yeah, year. Don't listen yep. to him, George. Don't. Do, I've been in the fucking trenches all week trying to say she's a Hawkeye. True and true, through and through. There's no Dude, way she's leaving she's Iowa. Leaving. No. She's not leaving, Pat. There's no way. I don't know. There's West Virginia no has way. an uh, – I, I didn't graduate, so I don't know if I'm an alumni or not, but <laughs> West Virginia has somebody who has, you know – They got some big fun. And some real reckless pockets, you know, and is a big mm. fan. Big fan mm, of Caitlin. Yeah. Hey, she was awesome. Oh, yeah. Hey, Pat, like let's just say – you know, I don't know how all the NIL recruiting stuff works in college, but let's just say like Alabama football wanted Caitlin Clark, like that type of pocket. What do you think they would pay her to – Go play at their college. I don't know. That's just an curious. We've had that conversation. Like we actually tried yeah, to figure yeah. that out because she would be the person, right? That everybody would. She just she immediately puts your school on primetime games. You know, like everything because of how fucking great she is. Angel Reese as well, yeah. and Flage nine hundred and some thousand. So you would think she would get a little bit more than her. Allegedly, she's already making three million. Let's go, wow. dude. We can top that. Hell yeah. yeah that's, that's in Iowa. You guys, they don't care for it. I know, I know you're from there. I think she's a Nike athlete. She is Woo. so oh, good, yeah. dude. That was fun to watch. That women's coach. Your wife, right? Isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife played at Iowa. She played there for four years. That's where we met. She's an awesome stud. Kicks my ass at a horse every time. <laughs> hey, no, but that's like the, my first time really diving into the women's college of basketball experience. I started – with the Miami-Indiana game uh, when Miami won in Bloomington. And it was on late night in the middle of the week. And I'm like, what is this? And it was fucking awesome. It was an electrifying environment because they have home games, you know, for the tournament and seating. Yeah. So then I turned on the next game I happened upon, this Caitlin Clark was playing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, she looks like that gif where that one guy's at the Papa shot. Oh, yeah. 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 Like Getting that, buckets. That's literally what she looked like playing. I'm like, this is this is awesome. And then you meet the LSU team. There's a, there's a girl on there that's a rapper who is a better rapper probably <laughs> than anybody that's rapping right now. Unbelievable. In the business. And she, like, it was, women's college basketball was awesome the last couple of weeks. I don't know if that's how it always is. I assume it is. You've kind of been in that world, I guess, George, with the wife. Yeah, I actually, when I was in college, I would go to uh, my wife's team, Claire. They were actually really good, and they were always, like, in the last round of the semifinals championship of the Big Ten tournament. So I'd always drive to Chicago or Indianapolis, and I'd go to all of their uh, – the whole tournament just drink as much beer as I possibly could and support what? and scream at people. It was really fun. It always – Iowa always good? <laughs> Iowa women's basketball is always good. They're always – uh, above, like I mean, they're always the – I would say, like, top four in the Big Ten, in my opinion. They've always been pretty talented. Hell, yeah. Go ahead, AJ. George, you said you had a late growth spurt when you got in college. What was it like when you went from high school to college in that strength program? I know they have a crazy strength program there. To, like, that's what you guys do. You develop, you develop people. You develop players. Very what was it crazy. like? Was that eye-opening? Uh, yeah, I mean, I went from, like I said, like my first – I graduated at 180 pounds. I got up to like 195 before I got to college, and I was there for that first summer. Um, it took me like two years to get over 225, but like that whole process of – Hey, um, you don't like, you have to put in so many hours. Yeah, there I am, 180 pounds, signing my letter of intent. That was fun with my dad. Hold on, uh, though. Like, if you're looking at like a, a puppy dog, you look at the paws, you know, and it's like, this dog's going to yeah, grow. Yeah. Big mitts. Look at your fucking mitts, dude. You're, you're, did we know. know you were going to grow? Did we assume, or did, he, did you think that was it? Well, no. I mean, my dad was, he played left tackle at Iowa, so like, he was 6'4, 280. 285 and then my mom is a two-sport hall of fame 
athlete in the state of Iowa for high school, softball and basketball. So like she's the freak athlete too. Um, and so like, yeah, I knew I was going to grow into it, grow into it. Just, I didn't know when. And so like, I feel like I hit puberty at the age of 21, 23, somewhere in there. Just took me a minute. Well, I think it all worked out. And now that his wife is a women's basketball player. Uh-huh. Hey, good on you. Shout out to yeah. Iowa, dude. Yeah. Shout out to fucking Iowa out there. Pac-Man has a question for you, George. Uh, Big bro, I, I mean, brother, how was the wrestling first? Because we had a conversation, um, I think it was Super Bowl weekend, about how geeked you was about it. Um, oh, dude, I mean, re- I, I don't get to go to a lot of wrestling stuff unless it's in San Jose during the season at a good time or if it just happens to be rolling through Nashville. But, like, when I can go to those experiences, it's awesome, especially, like, WrestleMania is planned out on my schedule at the start of the like. Like, I know, hey, whenever WrestleMania is next year, I'll be there. Nothing can be scheduled that weekend. I'm going to be there as much as I possibly can. Hell so, yeah. Like I said, it's just such a fantastic event. And, like, my one of my favorite moments of WrestleMania past, like, last year when you were in when we were in Dallas, I played a playoff game in Dallas with the Niners. We beat Dallas in Dallas. Hell yeah. And, like, that stadium was so loud. And then Stone Cold comes out and asks if he should be in a match. Give me a hell yeah. And I'm sitting down on the field because there's an extra, like, 20,000 people because of that. It was the loudest stadium I've ever been in my entire life. Like, I've never been anywhere like that. It's like any football game I've been to, whether it's Seattle, whether it's um, Dallas. I mean, there's like some great stadiums, but like there was Kansas City's really loud. Like that was the loudest experience I've had on a football field was a WWE event. And that's why I'm addicted. I have to go back. All right, you're going to have McCaffrey the whole year this year. Um, you had him for half of the year last year. How you feel about that? I think that'll take away the double team um, on your well, I appreciate that, and I hope it does because if you're going to double team me, and then you have to single cover uh, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, what? Christian McCaffrey, Juan Jennings. What? Hey, good luck, man. Good <laughs> luck. If you want to do whatever you want to, hey, if I have one catch a game, I know my fantasy football coaches would be really mad at me for that. It is what it is. As long as we're winning games, we're feeding the right guys the ball. I'm never going to get mad if Christian McCaffrey has 20 carries and 10 catches for 300 total yards. I'll never be upset about that because he's such a talented football player. So uh, it's really fun to be on a team that does have a problem of like too many mouths to feed, but because Coach Shannon does such, does such a great job of scheming everybody into like getting certain plays and stuff. And it's just really fun to be a part of an offense like that that has so much talent on it. Your dad was left tackle, you said? I didn't know that. that is that why you're such a good road grader and why you think you have the mentality of like, yeah, if I don't get the ball? Because I think when Brock Purdy came in, that's when you started like two tuds, yep. two tuds, <laughs> tud, tud, tud. But at the beginning of the year, you were still the same George Kittle. You weren't getting the ball as much. It seems like that doesn't affect you at all. But in the world that we're in, you know, you're going to be judged for how many touchdowns you catch. Why do you think that is? Well, um, I'll say this, like back when I was, what I've been like fifth grade football, uh, my dad was our coach tackle football and the only drills that we did, the entire team would have, uh, pads, blocking pads. So you can't see my upper body and we'd all do O-line blocking drills. Everybody, whether you're a running back, a quarterback, wide receiver, DB corner, like whatever it was, we're all doing O-line drills. And he'd always tell us, he'd be like, Hey, you're all going to try your best to play off the line but not all of you are going to be good enough to play off the line. And you're going to have to play another position like quarterback or wide receiver or running back. And that's okay. And we'll still like you, but O-line is the best position in football. So that was my mindset growing up. And so now when I got, you know, when I got to college and one of the first things the coach said to me was, if you, cause I was, I was 200 pounds. Like if you don't learn how to run block, you'll never play here. And I was like, okay, well, and then run blocking at Iowa. I mean, you, you get like 150 reps a day of just running into people every single day. 
And so I was like, well, I'm either going to learn to love this or I'm going to hate my life every single day. And so I just went in with the mindset that I'm going to love this. And I'm going to be better than anyone else at it. And that's kind of my mindset now. It's that if I'm not getting the ball, I'm going to influence the game in the run game. And I'm going to make the guy across from his life living hell. And so then when I do get the opportunity to do a play action or something like that, I'm going to get into the zone. I'm going to catch the ball. I'm going to run. I'm going to score. Or, hey, you need me to pass pro a guy who gets paid $100 million on third down? Bring it. I cannot wait. I can't wait to be – I can't wait for you to be on my highlight reel where I block you and lock you down because no tight end should block a defensive end is what everybody always says. I take that personally because I can block anybody. Nick Bosa is really difficult to block, but thankfully he's on my team. Yeah, he is mm-hmm. on your team, and it seems like he's going to be on your team for a long time. I was the same way about a punter tackling somebody. I knew that the meeting – the next day was going to be a nightmare. And that was kind of my framing in my mind. You have a great mindset. And after chatting with your dad on that Hidden Pearls podcast, it's almost like you've been preparing to be a professional athlete and a great teammate for a long time. I'd assume your dad's been the way he is now for a long time. That team over there, you talk about having too many mouths to feed. You got 14 quarterbacks right now. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is a fast, yeah, keep going. You could play. I heard you could take mm-hmm. a snap. That's okay. I'm okay to have 14 quarterbacks because we went through four and a half last year. We mm-hmm. still didn't have enough. So let's just have as many as we can on the <laughs> roster. NFL, let's open it up. You know, apparently we need it. It is what it is. You know, as long as we have someone that could throw a football, <laughs> it's okay. It's a wild it's okay. thing. Hey, that first quarter, and I know Man. you have to hate talking about it, but like it's that was the least lucky quarter mm-hmm. I think I've ever seen a team have ever. Ever. Quarterback, see you later to the mm-hmm. elbow. Yep. Uh, Fred Warner uh, pops, dislocates his shoulder Devontae on like, the Smith. first play. Devontae Smith uh, t- yeah, uh, fourth out down, out drops the ball. Oh, but yeah. They didn't review it. And then it's yeah. first down, first we're down good to go. Bosa gets hit by somebody on a punt team yeah. getting tossed on the sideline, which could happen literally mm-hmm. anytime. The cleat slices like an actual muscle in his leg, so he's not as explosive. This is all, and then backup quarterback gets her. Yeah. There is, that's all happening in one quarter in the NFC Championship game. It's like, that's a fucking heartbreaker. So hate that. I have to bring that up to you. Like, I, I do hate that I have to do that. But your team is there. Like, yeah. you guys are there to win a Super Bowl. You have been for a long time. It just feels like you're unlucky at one particular position. How do you guys handle that? You just have to be like, yeah, whatever. Next man up is cool because this is numerous years in a row now where it's been so damn snake bitten. it feels like, at one position. It happens to be the one that matters the most. Yeah, I mean, I realized this after this season, I kind of look back at my career, and um, I just finished my sixth year. This um, I've had one year with one quarterback. That was 2019. We went to the Super Bowl. Um, besides that, I've had uh, two or more quarter. Uh, 2020, 2021, I had Jimmy G what? and Trey Lance played two game, one or two games for us, and we had Jimmy back for the playoffs. But besides that, I've had three or more quarterbacks every year of my entire career. Damn. And so, would I prefer to have one quarterback that starts the whole season? Yes, because it's really fun to build, like, um, you know, just get in the same mood, get in the same wave with that quarterback. So you, you know, you run the routes, how he's throwing the ball. And you just kind of get in a groove with each other. Um, that part is really fun. However, um, I don't really mind playing with multiple quarterbacks because a lot of the guys, I mean, everybody that we've had, I've enjoyed playing with. Like, even when Josh Johnson came in, I didn't really have doubt. I didn't have doubt in my head. I'm like, hey, well, hey, I've played catch with Josh before. He's throwing me the ball before. I'm not really worried about it. He's an NFL quarterback. He's on the team. He's on the team for a reason. Like, we're not just going to have really bad athletes on our team. Like, And so, like, hey, is, is he the number one choice? No, but, hey, he's on the team. He knows the playbook. 
and he's gonna and he's an NFL quarterback. He can throw the ball. Like we completed a really nice third and long. He threw me on a nice out route, and I was like, "Hey, we're gonna roll." And then the next play, he gets in concussion. He's out, and then you're like, "All right, well, that's aggressive." But it's just I'm okay with playing with multiple <laughs> quarterbacks. I've gotten used to it. Would prefer one healthy one. And like you listed, yeah, we have been we had a random snake bite. That's just the most venomous thing possible. I will say this, like, what's funny, like, after the game, I had, like, people telling me that, hey, Juan, you didn't show up on the stat sheet. I was like, I wonder why we couldn't throw a football. That's not really my fault. <laughs> Secondly, they're like, hey, you just need to work harder next year. I'm like, this has nothing to do with working hard, man. This is just severe unluckiness because, I mean, our team, we were primed. We were prepped. We were, like, we were ready to roll, ready to hit people. And then it's just – Hey, shit happens. Life is really hard sometimes. And hey, how are you going to bounce back? Am I going to let that be a sour taste in my mouth for the rest of my seat, like for the rest of the year? No. I mean, it took me like a month. I flushed it. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm healthy. Ready to roll again. Hit people in the face. Team's really good. Love that you're back to hitting people in the face. We're worried about you there for those three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Those three weeks. Connor has a question for you, George. Yeah, George, you had the tight end U shirt on at WrestleMania. That's coming up, I believe. What's the plan there? Are there a lot of young guys coming in? Because allegedly this draft class has a bunch of tight end studs. And will you guys be going over some of that blocking you mentioned, like in Pop Warner? Are you just catching passes, drinking beer? Mm. <laughs> well, we are going to do a lot of that, catching passes. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, Smart. And then I'm also going to um, – we've got some young guys coming in. Usually in the years past, we haven't invited too many rookies just because, like, if you don't include the rookie class, there's, like – at the end of the year, there's, like, 130 tight ends that were on a roster at some point, and I try to invite everybody that was on active and a lot of the practice squad guys. And I want to, like – I don't want to invite too many rookies to take away from the guys who have been in the league and who have, like, practiced and gone through a full season. But there will be some rookies there. Like Michael Mayer was a he was a college tight end that was there for one day last year and was able to do some stuff with me and Greg Olson. Um, Laporta, you know, he's my Iowa guy. I'm probably gonna get him in. But yeah, there will be some rookie guys there. Um, But besides that, we're gonna do a lot of run blocking stuff. I always do a run blocking class because I want to make an emphasis of it because I don't really like watching tape when tight ends are getting tossed around. And I get that, you know, the defensive ends. There's like you look at a guy like uh, Jacksonville Josh Allen, not Buffalo Bills Josh Allen. But, like, that dude's a specimen. He's, like, 6'6", 280, can, like, bench press a house. But, like, you still have to be able to block guys like that. And I don't want to be a liability for my team. And I don't want other guys to be a liability for my te- for their teams because I want every tight end to have 10 touchdowns on 1,000 yards and get paid 17 to $20 million. Because all it does is just pick us all up, and then we're just going to keep escalating that market. So, like, I want everybody to play at a high level. Um, so, yes, we're going to do a lot of O-line stuff. I'm very excited for that. Some footwork stuff, some techniques, stuff, hands, aiming point. First, second step, and just being aggressive and violent. Hey, it's bad for the brand of tight ends. You got to start getting dummied out there. Mm-hmm. And then it's always highlighted. And then everybody says what you said like, tight ends should not be blocking us. And George's like, well, we are. So we need to stop looking mm-hmm. terrible in slow motion to make a point that people think they're sticking up for us. Really, it's a tight end just getting fucking body bagged oh, yeah. in a physical part of it. And then we, we find a highlight like this one that pops up in our life. And it's you literally grabbing <laughs> butt on the run game and then laughing fucking hysterically. Ha, ha, ha. You're <laughs> laughing hysterically on the ground immediately upon the touchdown being scored and you pancaking oh. guy. You love it. You love everything about it, huh? Yeah, I mean... I always get asked, like, would you rather, you know, get a pancake? Would you rather score a touchdown? Hey, don't get me wrong. Scoring touchdowns is awesome. It's really fun, and, like, that's what you get paid for in the NFL. But when you can, like, flat back a guy and you feel the exhale and their soul leaving their body, <laughs> there's not much more of an exciting response. But, like, AJ, when you tackle the guy and you smoked him and you, like, felt him go, Ugh! like, that's an amazing yes. feeling. 
and there's nothing quite like it. And so every time you get to do that, it's literally like, all right, like I own you, like not, not I own you, but like, I'm going to be in your head for a long time and I'm going to have free real estate. AJ, what were your thoughts whenever you did that to somebody every single year at ACC, the uh, Tahoe thing with yeah, the buff yeah. guy and then yeah. also in football? Yeah, I was off the field, but yeah, George, hundred percent correct. When you get the heat, so when you got locked on to do, there's a moment where, as a defender, you know, uh oh, I'm screwed. Like my <laughs> feet are underneath me. This guy has me. I'm going down. And then when you go down, it usually even hurts more than you thought it was going to hurt. And it's more embarrassing, especially if you're laughing on top of me too. That'd be tough. Yeah, how about him? Ha ha! Because you're laughing on top of him as well. We just saw you whenever yeah. your back turned. It's a whole. When did you start laughing? When you got him? When you know you got him? When's the laugh start? Uh, there. Jeez. Nice. Well, yeah, like I felt his feet leave, leave the ground, and I was just like, I was, it was more of like a giggle. Like that, I was just like, I couldn't believe that I found myself <laughs> in this situation, and I was just very happy. Well, like, this is my thing. So that's a safety, right? And I should do that to the safety. And yeah, was it a mild hold? Probably my hands reach around the back, but like I didn't prevent him from going anywhere because I was driving him backwards. But my old tight ends coach, who's with Miami now, would always tell me, and he was like, a safety will never think like will never second guess taking you out in the kneecaps and you're going to catch a ball and he'll never think about hit like he'll never second guess hitting you in the back. So when you have an opportunity and he lines up right in front of you and it's a run play, yeah. make him regret every second of being a safety and regretting being up in the line of scrimmage thinking that he can block you. Yeah, a little comeuppance for the entire uh, position. Yeah, yeah these kneecaps. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A lot of years of what your position has done. Ty Schmidt, Iowa Hawkeye. Yeah, go Hawks, George. Appreciate you uh, putting on for us this weekend at Mania. That was fucking awesome. Uh, everyone always talks about Kyle Shanahan's offense, like specifically the run game and how creative it is and how many, you know, different looks you guys give you obviously have uh Debo and Christian McCaffrey but like in open space you're so fucking explosive why don't we have any like end rounds or like misdirections to like get you a couple carries a game like why isn't that happening every single week mm, great question first off being a running back in my opinion sucks because you get tackled by everybody as hard as they possibly can <laughs> like when i get the ball in open when i get the ball in open space usually i'm only getting tackled by corner safeties and maybe a linebacker from behind that's about it and it's like that doesn't hurt as much but when you get hit by a fletcher cox that doesn't feel very good especially when you're significantly smaller than him but hey i get an end around once in a while and you know we're gonna keep adding those in but our run game is it's pretty special and it's crazy too like the like the evolution of it since I was a rookie. Uh, it went from like basically just straight outside inside zone with some gap scheme gap scheme stuff to now like every play has like you see those double motion when Yuschek is flying over to help me and we're going to kick out the outside linebacker. You see stuff like that. You see that I do that with Trent Williams now where he's the lead and I'm motion over kicking out the guy inside. We do all this fun stuff with motions that affects uh, defenses rotation and stuff like that to get good looks for our running backs. And nice to put guys in better positions for us to block them. So just the evolution of it has been awesome because every year is almost completely different. It's just the same plays, but the motions and the formations of it and how we get there has been changing so much. Are all of you psychos on that team? Like Trent, whenever he was pulling, it was like he looked like he was rather pumped to do <laughs> that. He had to be, I guess. But that was one of the scariest images and scenes in football, I think, whenever he started getting on the move across an entire formation. You all love that. Juszczyk, obviously, is incredible at what he does. But it feels like you have a very physical football team over there. Not easy to find, I don't think. No, um, I mean, that's that's kind of it, – it wasn't always like that. We had to kind of establish that. And it kind of started, um, you know, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, like they said, this is the type of team we want because we want every team that faces us to be like, this is an ice bag game where we're going to have to try our asses off and 
do something that we're not incredibly comfortable with. And we know that we're going to be incredibly sore for the entire week after that. And like, I mean, if you look at the stat too, every single team that played us lost the next week besides Kansas city, cause they had to buy the following week, but every other single team lost at the week after playing us because, and, and I'm going to buy a plan. That to our, and that's to the, the plan. Physicality. That's the plan. Like, yeah, that's the plan. That's a hilarious. Just to beat the shit out of our opponent. I've never heard that before. I, I mean, I might have. Obviously, I haven't been in the football world my entire life, and I only played for the Colts. But I enjoy hearing a GM and a coach say, "Hey, we're going to be the type of team that the other team's going to be sore the entire fucking week after playing us." It's like that's a different way to say like we're going to be a hard nosed team. It's like, hey, yeah. this is what we are expecting to do. Mm-hmm. And then also, you guys knowing that every team lost after playing. Hey, did you see what happened to? Yep. Yeah. You see what happened to? Lost yep. again. Did you see what happened to? That's like a pride Great. thing. That's awesome. That's the type of team you want to. That's the type of team you want to be on. Now, yeah. me personally would love to be the uh, in a position that doesn't hit anybody. Sure, sure. I mean, like, that's a <laughs> that's a good team to be around. Yeah, like, the right. guys. Like, hey, this is a this is a pretty tough group of humans mm-hmm. here. I think I would like to hang out with them. Last question for you, George. We appreciate you. Go ahead, Tom. George. You and Connor referenced uh, pass catching, drinking uh, right. at tight end. You, who's the best pass catcher drinker at tight end? You. Uh, probably the guy who's averaging 1,200 yards a season and 10 touchdowns, Travis Kelsey. Drinking? He's pretty – yeah. Well, you know, at anything you listed, I won't say that again. I won't repeat it. But he's very talented in all regards. <laughs> Big fan. I've learned a lot from him in multiple facets of my game on and off. <laughs> he's fucking awesome, man. He was great on uh, Saturday Night Live. Like, it was tough because there was a UFC fight, massive one. Jones was coming back. Yep. And there were so many great fights. And then Saturday Night Live's on at the same time. It's like – Come on, like this is not the right night to have Travis Kelsey or an NFL guy for you, a tight end on Saturday Night Live, but wanted to show my support, wanted to get a number on the rating, you know, so like, hey, we'll follow. He crushed it, absolutely crushed it, as would you. We can't thank you enough for taking time, and uh, have a great weekend, brother. What? What? You're George Kittle. What? What? You play what? tight end. What? You grew what? two inches in college. What? what? Became a bully. What? Run my face into you. What? Every time. What? Yet again. What? Concussed. What? Knocked out. What? Do you have a pulse? What? And you bleed your own blood. What? You're dead. What? We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. George Kittle. George. He's the man. Yeah. Yeah. The best. He's a big guy in person, too. Mm-hmm. Huge. Massive. Yeah, he's a big guy. And he has that psycho mentality. Did you hear that? That would suck for you guys. He was, I had a chance to chill with him during Super Bowl week. And we was talking about the wrestling thing. Um, I don't think he had an idea that you would be calling him, needing a little help. But he was telling me how interested he was in doing the WWE. But it was just how funny everything went so fast. Yeah, full circle. Kind of comes around. And I I don't think that's going to be the last time you're going to see him doing so. He's like perfect for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's like actually perfect. Seems right, right in his wheelhouse. If he you seemed look, very comfortable he's into all that and the comic books. I think he was telling me about and all of that oh, stuff. Hey, Godzilla guy, storylines. But if you and also a Joker tattoo yeah. is sick. It, yep. I mean, he has a yeah. He is. He's a fantastic character that the NFL has. Yeah. A great one that the NFL has. Yes. He's perfect for the WWE. I mean, he's absolutely perfect for it. If you look at all the guys who have made it from the NFL to go to the WWE, they do this post pretty much. Every NFL thing. Sure. It's all offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And then my, then me. Yeah. Right in the middle of it almost. George Kittle's an offensive lineman who happens to be a freak athletically. And he has a perfect personality for pretty much anything. He, if he was to be a WWE superstar, he would be 
a guy. He would go, yeah. Very good. I hope he gets a chance to maybe do that someday, but I don't see him retiring from the old football anytime soon because he absolutely is obsessed with it. But there's a guy that's like, could have been, I think, and hopefully will still be able to be a little bit a part of it. Yeah, and him saying that that was his sixth year in the NFL, I thought he's been in the NFL for like 10 years. Me too. And he, he probably <laughs> still has another 10 years. So hopefully he gets that Super Bowl, man. I, he, only one year in his career, he's had one quarterback during a season. Just that sucks. That's how this game is, man. Some guys that's so good never even won a playoff game, bro. Some guys never even been to the playoff game. That's Hall of Fame numbers. Mm -hmm. Then you got guys like AJ. Fuck it. You got it. Bling, bling. Hey, Super Uh Bowl. (laughs) College football national champion. All-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. You could be the all-time leading tackler for a team and not have any playoff wins. Yeah. Because how potential luck goes or how everything else goes. You got to really live right, which this guy's clearly been doing. Amen. Yeah, baby. Like that guy for the Lions last year. Spielman or whatever, who got voted into the Lions ring of honor. Chris? Yeah. He was Chris running Al- the team, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and then they surprised him and put him in the ring of honor. Calvin Johnson, though, never won a playoff game. Boom. Jason Hansen, never won a playoff oh, game. Calvin never been to a playoff game. And he won all the yeah. Lions. Have Calvin he, been to a playoff yeah, game? Yeah, he went. Stafford went three times, I think, so Calvin had to be there for all those. Oh. So that means oh. Jason Hansen went too, right? Because he would have been there with Staff? Yes. How many I years did he kick? So. 25 years? Never playoff. He was our best player <laughs> my whole life. No no playoff. <laughs> so it's hard. Like, he's so good. Where's he on all-time yeah. points? Is he in the top five? I assume. I would assume he's somewhere up there. He played so long. was so good. He's I don't know if the Lions are scoring enough for him to be there. Yeah. Though. His kickoff steps. I mean, he ran 30 yards for a kickoff. That's sweet. Uh, at the beginning of my career, we played against the Lions, and he was on team, so I had to mimic what the other kicker was doing, you know? <laughs> Fucking running 40-yard sprints up to this ball. I'm like, damn, how's this guy? So he had to be in great shape. I mean, he's running sprints before kicking on the field in the game. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. I, I don't know if anybody ever will. But then you start thinking about how long he was there, how good he had to be for how long he had to be there. Oh, yeah. He could never get to a point where he had like uh, a series of shanks because at some age you get so expensive that they're waiting on you to miss three, four kicks and then your <laughs> ass is out of there. He never did that. But I'm not sure he'll ever get properly judged in the kicking world because not a single ball mattered. Yeah. yeah. Not a single <laughs> no one. No pressure. Yeah. Not Legitimately. A, not a single one mattered. Are we going to win today? Maybe. Are we going to lose today? Maybe. Probably. Like there is, there, there's like some teams where it's like, hey, every single time you touch the ball today, it is going to matter for long term. Yeah, big deal. Everything. Like everything's going to matter. So I think like that is why in the kicking world, not necessarily judged in the proper way. But a damn good guy for a long time to kick him balls. Nick just said he was a second-round draft pick. Well worth it. So yeah. good. Yes. Mm-hmm. So much talent. Imagine if he would have been able to be at a place where there was a little bit of a pressure moment. Yeah. All he would have to do is make one. Yeah. yeah. You know, just have one playoff game moment yeah. that he could rely on and say, well, if I had more opportunities, I would do it. Never had one. No. no. Or on the opposite side, too. Because if he would hit that, it'd be the thing. But if he didn't hit that, well, oh, they well hold it fucking over sucks. Head. Yeah. One kick. Yeah, they would hold over his head yeah. forever because, you know. That's a shame. That's why Vinny's are so absurd. Yeah, Vinny just fucking the biggest moments. He's on the best team for so long. Yeah, he's tough. He's four okay. for points. Now, let's remember that this is same playing ground as Vinatieri, though, because they don't count playoff points. Right. The most important points. Mm-hmm. Vinatieri's played two full seasons in the playoff games that did not count towards his points, so he had to do it just regular season points to get there. So that's everybody, but 
That's a hell of a crew up there at the top. Yeah. George Blanda at seven. He's the oldest quarterback to ever play a game. Yeah, he's a Western Pennsylvania guy. Played 49 <laughs> years old. Hell yeah. He's also kicking football. Oh, right? yeah. He scored a lot of points. Hell yeah. Jason Elam. Robbie Gold, Mason Crosby. Morton Anderson, last guy with the old one-bar face mask. Wasn't I don't think he's the last guy. Uh, I don't know. I think he got grandfathered in to where he was wearing it way past anybody else. No, there was a punter. There was a punter for the Browns who had it whenever I got drafted. I uh, So maybe Morton lasted longer than him. I'm not sure. I don't know. Punter for the Browns. He was grandfathered in. He was old as fuck. Had handlebar mustache <laughs> yep. like Paul Tuttle Sr. <laughs> yep. Like Paul Tuttle Sr. <laughs> this guy, Italian Hulk Hogan. This guy was yeah. awesome, dude. Was it player? <laughs> yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I always say Gary player, but Gary. That's, yep. that's obviously that's the it. golfer. Right. He'll be, <laughs> lead, he'll be leading us off tomorrow morning. But it is. Uh, he, he will he be. Will he? Oh, yeah. He will be. Yeah. It'll be Gary oh, and Jack. Gary and Jack. Yeah, are we sure? What? Maybe. What do you mean? I, is that how it always? I don't know. Is, yeah, Scott. Usually Scott Arnie's player. there, but Arnie's uh, not there anymore. Scott player then. Uh, Scott player was a guy. I asked for the single bar when I got drafted to the Colts and I met with the equipment room. I said, I want that one like that guy in Cleveland. I want that. Uh, yeah, I want it. the yeah. single bar one. I want to snap it in, you know? And they're like, buddy, what do you, we can't. What do you? <laughs> what? I'm like, the guy in Cleveland's got it. They just met me, right? These people just met me. I just yeah. got in there. What type of shoulder pads you want? Nah, whatever the smallest one's possible, I'll wear those. Okay, what type of helmet you want? Uh, whatever the most comfortable one is. Cool. I got a massive head. Yeah, you do have a massive head. Damn, as they're, as they're measuring it. And you're like, what type of face mask you want? You know, we got a couple options. We think this one would be the best one, most space. I'm like, yeah, I want a single bar. <laughs> I would like a single bar. And they're like, buddy, what do you, we can't. We can't just do that. What? I'm like, guy's wearing it right now. I fucking, let me pull up a picture. What do we do you guys even know the league you guys are in? What are you doing? You got grandfathered in, pal. Like, what are you? So? You can't just wear that. It's so illegal. I'm like. I, Might as well have no bar. This Might is well the have no, no bar. fun league, isn't it? Bullshit. <laughs> this is the no fun league. It's bananas. So that was how me and Frog met each other the first time. Nice. Frog and I are obviously very good friends to this day and got along through the whole thing. But he goes, buddy, you're a psycho. What are we? <laughs> you know these guys. You just saw Robert Mathis in the weight room. Like, that's who you're going to be on the field. Yeah. You want to. Yeah, I want to be able to fucking snap that fucker up. And see everything. Because I think it goes from here and then poop straight up to the front. What a hilarious move. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have loved Locked to see in. how I did that. Yeah, couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. But Scott Player had one, and he had this sweet. I mean, it was fucking on display because that thing was like a. Yeah, that's yeah. so why he had the one bar. He had to show off that handlebar. Amen. I don't know if he'll ever go down in the history of being a great punter. He punted for a long time, though. The only reason I know is because that. Handlebar mustache was white as fucking day, so he had to That's be right. old. Mm-hmm. That's right. I don't know. Nobody really talks about his. Uh... Was it Reggie Roby who wore a watch? And yeah, punted? yeah, that was to get his own hang time, which would be incredibly difficult. I think. Yeah, the no, ball... he didn't claim that, did he? Yeah, it was. I don't know if no. he did or other people did, but yes, I've been told that by people when I go to camps. You ever wow. think about being like Reggie Roby, wear a watch, and you can say, "Hey, check my hang time," and I'm like, "That'd be tough to do." That's ridiculous. And also. No, because I don't want to know <laughs> on every single one. But, yeah, that was his kind of story. He was a great athlete, right? Reggie yeah, ran, ran. Waterloo. Yeah, he's a Waterloo oh, Iowa yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. He ran, Ooh. I think. He had a long run. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, like, he went to East High School, which they stink in a lot of stuff now. But at the time, like, they had won, they had, like, the high school record of they had won, like, 96 games in a row or something. Pac, yeah. Pac, I think you'll agree with this. Every guy in the NFL can bomb balls. It's just how consistently can you do it? That, that's like the whole game of punting and kicking, pretty much. I, I love it when they bum them to me. If you don't hang the ball up, bump, kick it far as you can fucking kick it, because I'm gonna get it quicker. If you can't hang it up, it's so much better, bro. Like people don't you know can that hang though. the ball up and like yes. that's what people don't realize. You can hang the fucking ball up for about six, seven seconds. 
Most punters can't do that. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole game. I was a, I'm eliminating the returner guy. That's why I got a lot of fair catches. I had zero return yards. I think, like, going into week 11 or week 12, I was the kickoff guy and the punt guy. We had given up zero return yards. Hell yeah. Exactly what I'm supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. here. Uh, But every once in a while, you know, you got a little jet stream behind you. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to be like, I'm going to drop this fucker a little bit lower. (laughs) I'm going to hit this thing far. But then you got people like Pac-Man on the other end that now have 40 yards of space. Yeah. And it's like, who knows what this fucking asshole is going to do. So it's just, there's a game within a game. But everybody that makes it can bomb balls. It's just whether or not you're mentally tough enough. So I assume Reggie Roby can bomb balls. Whenever I said, oh, he could run good. Yeah. I'm not just saying, like, that's all he did. He fucking murdered footballs. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not get crazy out there. Flexibility these guys all had, except for me, though, is alarming. Like, Jeez. I can't even touch my fucking toes, pal. You know what I mean? That's absurd. It's like golf. It's like golf. There's a lot of guys that can go out there and shoot 67 one day, but they can't string four days together in a tournament. Yeah. Eli had 88 first day, Bingo. 75 the next day. Exactly. That that drop or miss yeah. is a touchdown the other way. Your team loses your cut. Yeah. Good luck. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes guys don't know what the difference is, right? Like you can hit a bad punt and then know, like, okay, I got to change. Like I got to drop it lower or, you know, I have to fix something with the swing. Where yeah, my first two years in the NFL, I had no idea no what the idea. fuck was going on. Yeah, yeah. I had no clue. Hey, that was a good ball. Why did it happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hey, that was a bad ball. What happened? Well, I got to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Everything looked the exact fucking same as the last time, but for whatever reason, just didn't do what it did. Punting's a fun sport. Kicking is as well. And Jason Hansen never got to do it in a big moment. Oh, never. God, he was so good, though. All right, let's take some phone calls and get the fuck out of here, shall we? Let's Hell have, yeah. How's the storm? We good? TV's back on. I was, I was just around three. Okay. So I think we're good. Yeah, we're there. Do we? I can hear it. Can you? I've had some. I thought some stuff was happening in my house. No, it's some nasty thunder outside. So it's coming here. Obviously, my wife sent me some photos. There's been some shit. Yeah, after the first hour when you were mentioning it, I did just turn right, look out that front door, and it was bad. We hope everybody's okay out there. Peace and peace. The tornado really is just like uh, go somewhere else, please. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any kind of basement there? The Thunderdome. Uh, the whole thing is kind of the basement. Yeah. Well, time mentioned. If you had thought. to, but is there somewhere something underground where you could store stuff or get down there? Uh, I assume there is something somewhere because in the blueprints we saw it. Bill's labyrinth is down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. don't go down there. Don't go Kill down there. Shelter down there. Yeah. Plausible denial. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. Bill's a good guy. He is. He only. He's killing bad people. Ducks back there. Ducks on the pond back there. Um. He's not a vigilante. He's not killing bad people, AJ. No. Bill's not killing If anything, it'd be like Dexter. Um, The whole thing is kind of like a basement, you know? Mm -hmm. We have no windows, windows. really. We have no windows to the outside. Like, all the windows you see there. The whole dome would just get ripped off if the tornado. Come on. Nah, this thing seems to be pretty sturdy. I didn't even think about that. That's quite a negative way to look at it. I just assume this thing was locked up. You know, I don't believe in, you know, you're not going to get hit. You're fine. Storms are okay. Well, now you just changed us double. Why'd you do that? Why'd you even put that in my mind? This is just like yesterday uh, with Greeny. I appreciate you think that I have that much power mentally to control a storm and a tornado that possibly hits you. <laughs> I don't think you have that much power to control the storm, but you do have the power okay. to control my thoughts when the next storm comes. Yeah, Because yeah. exactly. I was thank just assuming again. this thing was good. No, no, that's not a thank you type thing. That was You're that sure was said is. satirically. Like, I take it as a compliment. We're good. Thank you, Pat. Thunderdome. We're good. Yeah, We're good. There's the thunder. But if it's the thunder. 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 Lightning in the thunder. 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 That, guy, that guy's jacked. You ever see him? He's jacked. He's shirtless like on all the shows. Jocked, yeah. I seen He's him. So He's so jacked. Unbelievably jacked. I saw on uh I seen uh 
Brantley Gilbert, I think is his name. He's got two guns on his back. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. He did a backflip off of his drum set onto the stage nice. with he cool. had uh, brass knuckles on the okay. microphone Beast. so the handle for the microphone was brass knuckles that's awesome kicking ass and he fuck he has two guns tattooed on his back whole back like top to here, bottom from the whole back and backflip off the thing lands it turns starts singing brass knuckles i'm like this guy is this the baddest motherfucker yeah, on earth here i uh i'm fascinated aj <laughs> What well, happened? Let's move along. I hear. Uh, <laughs> what? I see. Let's go to the phone. What do you say? You know. We started talking about music, and I knew where he. Yeah. Was yeah where was exactly. he going to say? There's an interesting situation that is uh, <laughs> that is certainly arrived oh, in our Louise. world. Let's go to the phones. Did not know about it till very recently. It is I'm a big clueless. one. You are not. Yeah. Okay. Gosh darn it. Makes What's nice. it have to do with? Uh, just like a potential war happening. You know, like I just I don't know. You were there. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> Let's go to Matt in Oregon on the Five RNG phone line. one 432 3663 or 1 Use promo code McAfee at 5RNG.com to receive 20% off your order of any of the fine Five RNG products. Bag. Matt in Oregon, what's going on, pal? What's going on, boys? How's it going? Keep, Keep it going. going, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> First off, uh, shout out Magawa for his one shining moment, or as uh, Mitt would call him, Magala. Um, Hell yeah. But real quick, uh, one question. Like, what is your guys' thoughts on MLB expansion cities? And AJ, what are your nobody Matt, nobody cares about that. No. Now, let, let, let's, get back to, let's get back to the Magawa. And I, AJ, I apologize for hanging up on before his question for you. Okay. Matt, if you could please call back and ask that question, that'd be good. What did Mitt say? Sounds like I missed a fucking beauty here. And I am very bummed that I missed That's this. Tiger. What did Mitt do? Uh, Magawa is, I think, like an Indonesian rat who they basically gave a Medal of Honor to because he was a bomb-sniffing rat. He would go through and, like, mines. sniff out mines and stuff like that. So The greatest we, rat of our generation. Yeah, the greatest rat a of real, our generation. A real rat? Yeah, yeah there, there it is. is. Right there, you can see he's wearing the Boom. Medal of Honor. Hell yeah! yeah. Thank you, Magawa. Yeah, that, That's so, awesome. so is it real? Took, yeah, it's yes. a thousand Very percent real. real. We talked about it for an entire episode on the podcast. We did, and then Mitt said... So who's Mogala? Oh. Just completely desecrated, you know, Mogala's uh, legacy and his um, his life's work. Okay, well, Matt, thank you for bringing this rat into my life, mm-hmm. AJ's life, and I think Pac-Man's life. I am catching up on the episodes of the pod, which come out <laughs> once a yeah. week. Yeah. I am obviously a potty well, act. Of course. Yeah. I'm a couple Brother, weeks right? behind. Yeah. Right. We sure. need Amp- that to go to two to three times a week for the good of everybody, Foxy. Yeah, yeah need it. Need it to go to two to three times a week. This rat's a fucking dog. Magawa, huh? dog. It, so we had a 64-team bracket of things that have been talked about on the pod in the last year. Came down to Magawa versus TC in the final. Um, Magawa was our champion of the pod bracket. That's mm-hmm. how fucking... Yeah. Congratulations to Magawa. Yeah. Thank you, Magawa. Thank you, Magawa. Where from? Where's this rat from? Like Indonesia. Cambodia. Cambodia. There, there we go. <laughs> There's been 3,000 Magawa. Is this thing about to fly? What is, is this thing about to take off? Why is it strapped? Because it falls on the bombs. They blow them up and they put a new rat in there. That's no, 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 no. You shut your guy. fucking he, mouth. He had 2,300 bombs same. under his belt. What is it? Why is he on? Why is he attached? Though? Yeah, what's it? It's like a training thing. Yeah, like a minefield, and they just fucking. 
launch him down the line and say, sniff him out, yeah. Miguel. And, and then, then they lift him whenever there's yeah, a mine. The bell, they pull him back. No, the bomb blows up and they say, hey, That's we need another true. Magawa. Throw the next guy out. AJ, <laughs> Magawa's a fucking dog, dude. Yeah, there's yeah, only right. one of them. The war hero. What do you think this is? You just replace the pet frog that your daughter lost? Yeah. This isn't that way. This is a... This is a Medal of Honor recipient. Yeah. So he sniffs the bombs and then he, he comes back and reports yeah. to the crew, hey, this is where the bomb is? No. Yes, yeah, he writes the notes. They give a piece of cheese after. <laughs> this guy sucks. Yeah. He does. For someone to have looks like him. pets, too. It looks like him. Yeah, you know. I had a hamster that looked like him. Do a little yeah. Oh, from in the Cambodia, yeah. dude? Didn't didn't act like you had him. a Cambodian hamster? <laughs> Do a little okay. research. I did not okay. know this is going to happen. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Thank you, Matt, for the call. It was a good call. Thank the MLB you, expansion. Why are you calling our show? I mean, honestly, why? why like, Austin, if Jeff, Texas. What's Austin that? needs a team. Austin needs a team. I'm just thinking of cities where Nashville people. Nashville needs a team. San Antonio needs a team. Nashville yeah. needs a team. Indianapolis needs a team. Tulsa. Nashville. Tulsa. Give Tulsa a team. Indianapolis has a team. Okay. Give us a major league team. We need an MLS team here too, yeah. and an NHL. Team. Aren't they sweet. building a six, NHL be six billion dollar uh, MLS stadium? I don't know how that got passed. That's no. like the MLS lower tier too, right? It's not an MLS team. The eleventh yeah. one not day an MLS it will be. No, the they, shitty. I hope so. For it's not the shitty. not for shitty. As someone who watches the New England Revolution every single chance I get, this is the shitty league. Why are they I'm building sorry. a six billion dollar stadium then for a shitty? Because I think they're maybe trying to angle. For an MLS bid, oh, which I'm happy yeah, for them. Let's do it. That'd be good for the city. Also, it's another venue space for the city. We're happy about yeah, that. Yeah, Tony, just look around. They're not building it. We, the people of Indianapolis oh, who they, live Earth here, they are building 11. it. Yeah, I they're know. taking our fucking money for Let's it. Go to the so, phones. yeah, it's shitty league. <laughs> I know Jim. Let's go to the phones. Jim owns the 11, too? No, uh, Probably. Actually, I think I have met the owner of the 11 before. He's also the owner of the uh, fuel, I believe, or the oh, fire. Jeez. The fuel. Real renaissance, the man. The stadium is going to be Get a real cool. team, pal. We're trying. Not hard enough. Why don't you pay more tax? I I'm am. always trying hey, to evade it. Guess yeah, what? Right. Yeah, I you're am. on that scumbag bullshit evading your taxes. You paid your taxes, these potholes wouldn't be the way they are. I come exactly from a family right. of accountants. I pay my taxes to the dollar, my friend. Yeah, nothing more, though. That's what we like to give around here. Yeah. More money, the IRS. Jay Mercer is asking for more. I know that. And so is Ezreal, a prick. Does this oh, guy, this guy uh, even live here? Ursel. You kidding me? His name's Ursul. <laughs> what the hell? Can you read? I mean, what, what did I said? He's the owner and chairman of the Indy 11. Does he also own the Indy uh, Fuel? Or no, that would probably pop up what right there. What about the Indy 11? That's their minor league soccer? Yeah, Bingo. It, had, it actually, they have a pretty solid fan base. Like, Indianapolis has, um, oh, I don't know what ranking it is. Not, Indy Fuel's different. Like, uh, okay. Fuel's so, awesome. But like the... Um, Hispanic community here in Indianapolis is one of the fastest growing in the entire country or whatever. So, like, soccer, very, very popular mm-hmm. in this city whenever they do, like, World Cup ratings and, like, mm-hmm. what's being watched sure. and everything like that. So I think a couple people saw that Indianapolis was potentially very interested in soccer. They created this Indy 11 team, and it was a smashing success. I mean, like, the first couple years, we're talking about filling up, like, a college like uh, IUPUI Stadium, I think it was like 6,000 people, yeah. 7,000 people showing up. They had a fa- like every game, they did this whole thing. And then I don't know whatever happened. I stopped paying attention after that. That's 100% on me. Yeah. They then did a deal with the Colts like a few years later to play in Lucas Oil Stadium. And they played a Cincinnati team FC. who's now in the MLS. They were in the lower. That's what I'm talking about. And then they got uh, relegated. Yeah. yeah, promoted, promoted, right. up New into stadium. the MLS almost. So I think that's what Indy Eleven's trying to do mm-hmm. is like get up there. But I think it would be good for our city. Also, an NHL team would be good 
here in Indianapolis. Yeah. Need that to happen. I think it would be good. They used to have like a junior B team, I think it was. Um, Fucking Wayne USHL. played here, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. It was. They used to do that very popular. Wayne Gretzky? Yeah. 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 Wayne started his career here. Fucking WHA. Nice. While we're talking about these teams, the baseball team needs to change their name. And maybe you can run that up the ladder in Pittsburgh. Let's go to the fronts. It's an homage. Excuse me. We, at the perfect time, we have an update on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers checks out Crystal Shop as he waits for Jets straight. He's wearing <laughs> flip-flops, yeah. a blue shirt, in sweats, shorts. Uh, I wonder if he just got done checking out the whales, whether fucking or birthing out in the ocean, <laughs> or if he's on a day of chores. Small bag, was it a gift for him, a gift for somebody else? Oh. We will keep our eye on the developing situation here at... Topanga Rocks Fine Crystals, home of Owl Falls Shop Relax Explore. AJ, what do you know about the Bali imports here that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> just went and checked out today via TMZ? Well, I wonder if these like if these TMZ photographers have they just been camped out at Near any us. local crystal shop they can find out in the LA area and just hey, like Aaron's gonna have to come check us out eventually, right? What nope. did he buy there, you think? Is that ayahuasca he's walking on? Rocks oh. fine crystals, he, are those like probably the healing ones crystals? You, yeah, healing crystal type things. You can charge them, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You put them underneath the moonlight, and they they yep, charge, you and go, you bring dudes. them inside. And yeah. when the moon hits your rocks like a bag full of socks, it's amazing. Aaron Rodgers, I guess. <laughs> Looks like he's in good shape. Been throwing a football around, AJ. You've been out there playing catch with old Aaron Rodgers with these crystal rocks. No, I have not been out there, but those like boulders next to him look nice. Maybe he bought one for the house. Oh, and said just ship it. I can't oh. walk out of here with it. It's a bit yeah. too heavy. Well, and maybe he's going to this shop because he knows he might not be in the area for much longer. Oh, maybe one last trip. Stock up. Yeah. Oh. His gait looks good. Doesn't have. Uh, doesn't appear to have his ankles taped at all. Looks like the toe is healthy <laughs> yeah. after toe-vid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a little thick in the yep. hips. He does look like he's got a good oh. base. Remember, always oh. had big legs. Always yeah. has big legs. True, guy. true. Does he look happy? Doesn't have his- <laughs> Doesn't have his ankles taped. That's that's telling. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a knee brace on. <laughs> Not wrist tape. His... No wrist tape. No gel in his hair. For yeah, sure. it kind of looks like he actually went in there and didn't find what he was looking for. He he, well, he, he was got cr- some. He got some. He got gift cards. Maybe it looks like a box. You get sure. gift cards. Sure, could be. Kind of what that is. He bought those just to like because he didn't want to offend anybody in the Crystal Rock community. Right. Yeah, looks like he was happy that he went there, but disappointed in the result. Mm-hmm. Bingo. And he had to buy something because he has everybody knows exactly how much money he has. Yeah. Exactly. And he's going to run into the same people that are kind of running with this. Bingo. Had to buy something. Had to. Because can't leave this place them thinking, this guy. fucking cheapskate didn't even buy it. You got a yeah. lava lamp maybe too? You know how pissed the rock community oh, That'd would be, be a small lava lamp. What'd you say? The rock yeah. community would be so infuriated if they found out Aaron Rodgers went to Bala Bala Rocks and didn't get anything. <laughs> how <laughs> do you... <laughs> <It's> Topanga <laughs> Rocks. Excuse me. How did, how did he walk past that... What appeared to be statue of that very peaceful lady, and not pick her up That's and take her thinking. home. That's what I was thinking. Are it's all these like things getting shipped home? I, oh, I mean, what is right did, there? I see it. Did he buy everything? You think? And maybe he probably he, did. He probably said, "Hey, box it all up," and he gave him his address. That's Deliberate. probably his store now. Yeah. Oh, this is actually Topanga Rocks. Can't spell yeah, Topanga you, Rocks without Aaron. You know? Yep. That's true. true. And. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He does like to travel. Maybe he did, he collects all these things from his travels and he sells them there. Oh, he's oh. like an antiquer, but it's for like the relaxing. Like the Gary V of rocks. Okay. Okay. It's starting to come together. Happy you're happy, Aaron. That's all we hope. Boy, Aaron. What's Gary here? Come together. Is Gary here soon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, May. Oh, yeah. yeah. First week of May. Yeah. Econ. Very, very. Gary's here with every speaker on earth except for Aaron. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Who's also a speaker. We're having more photos come out of Topanga Rocks here. He's now in an alley drinking <laughs> what appears to be a latte of some sort and a mm. snack in his left hand. Mm. This is uh, Aaron Rodgers at Topanga Rocks Crystal Shop on April 4th, 2023 in Topanga, California. This is the Town Rocks. This is Topanga Rocks in Topanga, California. What's in that little bag? You think he has some sort of uh, maybe blueberry or maybe apple, yeah. some sort of something like Better. that? Stone. Some like dairy-free, vegan, gluten-free snack. <laughs> nice. I he mean, look, he-, he looks much more fit in this particular angle. He's much more stand-up than maybe that's before he went into Topanga Rocks. Yeah, before uh, he needs Not to figure it the fuck the out bag. with his phone. Yeah, but he go down. He had the coffee. I, I think he goes in with the coffee and the scone, right, and come back, and out. then he comes back yeah. out with the bag. His phone's all lackadaisical. I mean, he's oh, about to no. drop his phone. What's this guy doing? As soon as he sits in his car, that thing's in between the seats. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, we're trying <laughs> to save you some hassle. Fucking tuck that oh. son bitch yeah, in there. That's bad phone security. All right. Seems like he's living his life, though. Oh, oh another one. Sip. Oh, he's sipping that. That's a good step right there, too. Yeah. Great form. Good gait. Yeah. It is a good gait. No ankle tape. Trying to stay good. out of the sun, though. That's smart. concerning. Smart. Well, no, no, like, that's smart. His arm looks kind of sunburnt, so maybe he was in the sun too long. Oh. Yeah, he was training. He, he added beach training, right? Isn't that the thing yep. that he added to his yeah. uh, offseason we had heard, AJ? Yeah, I think so. And then he went and got a cooling rock from Topanga. Didn't you get, cool it done. You, get, you got him those sandals, AJ, you said? Uh, those little thong flip-flops? No, those usually aren't my style. <laughs> AJ, not a fan of what the footwear was, but we want to let know, uh, Aaron know. He's happy, in L.A. Happy you're out there the doing kids. it, Aaron. Right. Here you go, Aaron. AJ has those Velcro uh, four-strap ones, yep. sandals. Oh, the Teva. Jesus rock Teva. climbers. Boom. There or the Tevas with white socks. Oh. Let's go into Topanga Shoot Rocks me. here, shall we? Welcome to Topanga Rocks. This is how we rock. Uh, world-class <laughs> crystals, affordable prices. <laughs> The Gutesha collection is... Oh, that's what he likes. He likes the Gutesha. Well, don't miss the Jalan Jalan imports, too, right that, out front. We saw all those. Yeah. That's where we're taking home, I think. It's Halan Halan. What's that? But Jalan Jalan will translate. Okay, well, I apologize to Mr. Holland or Mrs. Holland Holland. Uh, Topanga Rocks Crystal Collection here. This is what we have on the floor available right now. That round one's got to be the one that was in that bag on the way out of there. Crystal ball, yeah. Whoa. It's probably huge in person. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Well, that bag Massive. was small. Bag was small. You can see the I universe like that blue, that blue one. That blue one. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely. Is that an actual person? Oh, look at the bowl. Oh, it might be. Oh, the. Can you bowl. imagine the guacamole you can make in that bowl? Oh my god, the amount of positive vibes coming from that guac. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, change your life. Here's the Halon Halon Imports collection. There we look go. Look at that bench. You think you got that bench where like you sit on it? I mean, that yep. looks like a bench for ants. It's hard to got tell what the, <laughs> what the actual dimensions are. Looks so comfy, too. Ooh, I like Another some of those. Bowl. They're really trying to move these bowls. I think they got a lot of these bowls. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, if he did walk out with just that little bag, let's pretend that's the situation. Oh, shit. Look at the chase looking thing or whatever that is. Uh, chase Lounge. That thing. That thing? That thing looks How? pretty good. How do you walk out of the that. store with just that little bag? I don't know. I'm the type of person that, like, immediate like gratification. that bottom right statue. Coming home. Yeah. Yep. Take that, please. Coming home. I'm, I'm actually pulling up with a trailer attached to yeah. the Range Rover that he was driving. <laughs> yeah. Load it up. Hey, boys, congratulations. I'm here to take everything. I want you some of them. Fat deal. guy in the bottom thing, give me it. Bring All some the of those bowls. Purple lung boobs. Bring with some of them. Boom. Yep. Give me those things. How about the big elephant nose thing? Don't know what it is? Yeah. Yes, please. Send it Wheel in. it out. The chase thing that looks like it's very uncomfortable awesome. but looks cool. Need it for the backyard. Yep. 
Are you buying the Buddha things too? Have to. Oh yeah. So is that what they are? Those are the Buddha things. Is this all a Buddhist thing? Some of it. Can't have just one. You gotta have multiple Buddha statues. Well, he did have to have dinner with those uh, Buddhas the one night. That's why he couldn't meet with the Packers. He did say that, and that was one of the best moments I've ever heard in my entire life. Maybe it was monks. I can't remember. No. Wasn't there a guy in Hard Knocks that had a rock collection? Maybe he's recruiting that guy, getting him a gift. Oh, oh the, the Brian. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, That's yeah. got to be it. His dad was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to hear yeah. And then hope he he's was, doing okay. They he look mentioned around. on the show. He had like yeah, ten heart, heart attacks. Yeah, yeah. Oh hope shit. He's okay. I hope everybody's yeah. okay. Peace and peace. Praying all the Buddhist gods. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the phones. Congrats, to Aaron. Getting out there doing it. He looks really happy. Think about the restraint he displayed after we saw what was on the floor of Topanga Rocks. Yeah. And he comes out with that little baby thing. What a guy. He should start messing with people. He should start just going to weird, going to sex shops and come out with big double headers and weird <laughs> strap-ons and things that you can see through his plastic bag just to mess with the paparazzi. Call him. Tell him to do that. I'm Honestly, I'm going to. I'm going to send a text after this. Aaron, we need you to go into every sex shop. Pick up the arm of dodos, mm-hmm. put yeah. that thing right over your uh-huh. shoulder, yep. walk out. For real. <laughs> Could you imagine it? Smiling. That? And that's what he's smiling the whole time, too, always. <laughs> In those little uh, flip-flops, yeah. dong over shoulder, lock <laughs> Double dong. Yeah. Yeah. He's carrying 202 firemen carry of dongs. With his coffee, to sipping out of his coffee. <laughs> Maybe one of those fuck saws, the sawzaws. Saws yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That, that thing's in his pocket. You know how his phone was coming out of his pocket? Yeah. Maybe it's a... He's carrying thing. a Sibian on his shoulder. Oh. Yeah. Tucks Double into flashlights his, in the back pocket. Uh, yeah, tucks some no flashlight into his waist belt. Aaron, what are you What are you up to? He's uh, going to go help some friends that are soaking. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that'd be amazing. Hey, enjoy your life out there, and we yeah, won't right. be watching. Keep it, right. keep it going, Aaron. Hey, enjoy your privacy, man. Just enjoy being a human. Uh-huh. Yeah. No one's following <laughs> you. Yeah, don't worry about it. You're not everything you do outside your house is being tracked. <laughs> what a life. Let's go to Jason in Houston. What's going on, Jason, on the Five Energy phone line? Fellas, 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 what it do? Look, I can't, I can't keep it moving because I don't know when I'm going to get back in, and i got to get you all these flowers. I, uh, I called in twice before, and I wasn't able to get Oh no! Oh, oh no! This is the third time. This is our time, Jay. Third time's charm until your connection hey. says nah. There you go. Can you hear me back? Yeah, you sound good, Jason. Mm-hmm. I we couldn't hear you there at the beginning. The third time we did here, and you said you wanted to give flowers. We heard all the great things you said about us. What do you want to talk about, man? Okay, yeah. So look, I, I want to ask a question. If I told you that I, if I told you that a player was the number one player, number one quarterback, and the number one player in America playing for the number one school in America who then leaves and goes to the University of Alabama, wins the first Heisman in the school's history, okay? If I told you that that guy was supposed to be the number one overall pick, would you really think that that was that crazy? Now, I will say this. Like, I understand that he's small. I understand that Bryce is very, very small. But, and I understand that, obviously, college is much different than the NFL. But if ever an opportunity to gauge a, a NFL caliber defense, it would be that Georgia's defense. They had five first rounders, and that's not including Jalen Carter, Kylie Ringo, Nolan Smith. So this team could literally have fucking nine first rounders on it, and Bryce fucking torched them. 460 yards, both touchdowns, and he would have done it back to back had he not lost both of his thousand yard receivers. He had fucking Slade Bolden out there as a number one receiver. You want to know what a fucking dog Bryce Young is? <laughs> Go back and watch that Auburn game and look at him. We had multiple fourth downs. Season on the line, we lose that game. We don't go. I'm a diehard Alabama fan. Oh. I actually own a restaurant in Tuscaloosa across from Brian Denny. And I'm telling you, Bryce Young is widely regarded. You were at the Pro Bowl, Pat. 
right? So you know half of the guys there were from the University of Alabama. Bryce Young is widely regarded by former players and fans alike as the best player we ever fucking had. Hey, Jason. Jason. Right now. Jason. Yes. Roll yes, tide. Roll tide. Roll. Yes, sir. Roll tide, my brother. Okay, great, yeah. great promo there for yeah, Bryce yeah. Young. Unbelievable. And I think that's what Lombardi, right? Lombardi said oh, yeah, that he yeah. was not a Bryce Young fan because of his size. Yeah. And then a couple weeks passed, and then he comes back on the show, and he's like, I've changed on my thoughts on Bryce Young. That's the pick at number one with how great of a player he is. Obviously, the Alabama faithful are going to talk highly of him because of how talented he is. They didn't want a natty, right, which is no, no. going to be talked about because he's talking about how good that defense was. He also had nine first-rounders playing with him, which, you know, he's obviously a weapon. It's not always going to be like that in the NFL, which is why the size is such a question, because all he needs to take one hit, two hits, and ability, uh, availability is your greatest ability. So everybody's a little bit worried. Sounds like this guy's a fucking player. Yeah. And from all accounts, he is the guy. I respect it. He's got the best brain, allegedly, in the draft whenever it comes to cognitive recall and everything mm-hmm. like that. He seems to make every single throw, and everybody that knows football says this guy's different. I respect it. Go, Bryce Young's going to the Carolina Panthers, it seems like. I don't think he's going to Carolina Panthers. Whoa, 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 no. whoa. Pat, Pac- did you hear Man. what he just said? No, bro, I understand what he's saying. Bullshit. He said all that. Oh, he was the best fucking player to ever come through Alabama. Well, why in the fuck he did not win it? He should have won it if he was the best player to ever come through Alabama. He should have He should have been able to win that motherfucker by himself. It's a lot of good players that done came through Alabama. Like he said, the year before that, he had all of the dogs. Every last one of them motherfuckers from Alabama was drafted in the first fucking round. Mm-hmm. Now, the, now last year he he had some some okay talent. He stuck up the fucking place. Yeah, everybody's smart. He's fucking playing up on the Nick. Not fucking, everybody's smart. He's Not playing everybody. up on the Nick Saban, bro. It's a pro offense. It's a pro program. Those guys are way ahead of the games from Alabama, to, from Georgia, from the SEC, West Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah. Um, well, then other guys that's coming from different. Schools like uh, Texas Tech, um, you know, I, I ain't going to keep going down the list. But, yeah. You don't have to State, bury everybody. Yeah, other yeah. Schools, yeah. It is an advantage to be a Bama. I agree. Mentally and the way you operate everything like that, you're getting a head start on what the NFL life would be like, especially with older players going to the NFL, coming back and kind of taking care of it. You're, but the whole not winning at Bama is something that a casual like me is certainly going to have to think about. Go ahead, Ty. Uh, did it say he was from Houston? Yeah. Which is interesting because they have the second pick, so you'd think that this guy would want to come in and start throwing some shade, maybe get a guy who he's in love with to slip down to number two. I mean, I, I don't know. I The, the Lombardi thing really sold me because, like, he, he is one of those guys. He was guys hard who, against him. Yeah. And he's one of those guys who, like, if he comes out and says, like, this guy stinks, like, that guy stinks. He's not flipping his decision. He's not going back on that. But I think that is the – I mean, that's – and I guess if that's the only thing people are concerned about is, you know, his his height, like that is kind of a big deal, but he checks every other box, so we'll see. I mean, I guess that's the thing too is like Carolina if you go to Carolina, like they might be decent next year. If he goes to Houston, like they're going to stink for the next few years. Probably. Well, Domingo Ryan's going to turn around. AJ, how tall were you whenever you came out? Uh, 6'1" barely. How heavy? A 248 at the combine. What'd you run? I don't know. Four yeah, four. You do. All right, it ended up being four, a four something. Four. four five something, I think. Six Wrong. one two forty pro day. You ran a four four. Okay, yeah. it counts. It happened. So good size for a linebacker. Not saying that he's not a good player. I'm just saying size. I don't know. Six one two forty running a four four. I understand that the yeah, SEC is filled with a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. This this 
it's not just that generation no. of people from the SEC. Yeah. It's all the all-stars from the previous generation of the SEC and yeah. the previous generation of the Big Ten that are still in the league that are just getting bigger, stronger, faster, smarter. It's like, and it's always said about Lamar, too. And it's not fair because Lamar has the ability to avoid hits, as does Bryce Young. It sounds like, if you listen to Lombardi speak about it, it's like the guy has the capability to have a good sense of feel, and he avoids big hits. So if he can do that, that's all these conversations are kind of stopped. But I think everybody that's in the NFL just immediately thinks, like, you're going to get hit. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen nobody do it. That's all I'm saying. Shit. Uh, the uh, Seahawks, Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Um, who else? We ain't gonna even fucking put the kid, the little short kid in Tyler. Arizona Tyler. in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Okay. Count Drew. Drew. That's it. That was a Sean Payton offense. Most, yeah. Is Drew the most successful quarterback yes. at hit under six foot? I yes. Would yes. 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 Definitely. Definitely. And that has a lot to do with who his head coach was. Yeah, and the offense. <laughs> mm-hmm. The system yeah. is a big deal, yeah. and hopefully. Carolina or Houston, who ends up taking him, will be able to have a great offensive system that will protect him and obviously give him the opportunity to grow, which I assume everybody's thinking about. But that's the only thing anybody's saying negative about is like, is this guy going to be able to survive the NFL? Everybody seemingly thinks yes, so I'm pumped to watch him. It sounds like the NFL is about to gain a fucking superstar. I assume the guys at the top, like him and Shroud, both want to go one, but you wonder what he would rather do. Go to Carolina where there's, you know, the offensive-minded head coach and they used their first rounder last year on a tackle, Icky at end. NC State or go to Houston at two with D'Amico who's a defensive head coach so might have a little turnover if they have success but then you also have you know Laramie Tunsil, Mechie was one of the guys who he had a thousand yards with at Alabama who was out last year with I think he had cancer or something yes. but yeah. Yeah. You, want, you wonder what he would like to do alright let's go to the phones let's go to Chris in Austin on the 5 Energy phone line what's going on Chris Hey, Pat, how's your dick swinging at your balls hanging? All right, nice. Keep it swinging. Nice, like that. Like what you're doing, pal. Right now, a little tight. You know, the weather change might have been the altitude pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything's good, pal. What do you want to talk about? I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. Is it cool if I just talk my shit for a minute? Sure, man. I don't know who you are, but yeah, absolutely. Take it. The floor's yours. First off, shout out, Pac, man. You smell me. You smell <laughs> me. There we go. <laughs> I'm a recent UT grad, man, and a Cowboys fan. It's been a tough tough decade, man. First thing first, Dak is done. And I love this guy because he's half black, half white, just like me. And Obama. But this guy has more turnovers than the tires on my 09 Apollo, and she's got a quarter million miles on her. Okay, it's been hard to root for the boys ever since Jerry. Nice. You know, I saw that picture of him saying, hey, what's going on over there? Yeah, yep. Regardless, did see that. They, they, they need to get a QB in Hendon Hooker at the third or fourth round, or maybe even Stetson Bennett. Because, you know, he's raising out. And I just wanted to ask respectfully, you know why we're opening up internships again? <laughs> All right, Chris. Not a bad performance there. If we were, we'd certainly do that. Great phone call out of Austin. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Mike McCarthy's going to change all that, the turnovers and why they haven't been able to get there. It does feel like the conversation is always, is Dak going to be able to win it? Is Dak going to be able to win it with how good that defense has got? What are your thoughts of Big Mike and Dak's relationship and what it's going to look like next year, AJ? I think Big Mike loves Dak. I really do. But also, going back to the caller, he said if you can pick up Hendon Hooker in the third or fourth round, I would imagine anyone's jumping on Hendon yeah. in the third or fourth round. He's not lasting that long. I don't think he's making no it to the – No. I don't think he, no. Second, no way. I think this is going to be a no. Jordan Love situation. I, mm. I think I, it's going to be a trade-up oh, and last half or oh, late in the first I round. I think so. Take a quarterback, I think. I think Somebody. he's getting drafted in the first round. I think so, too. He should. 
Yeah. Modern medicine, modern science. Yeah. They've talked about the Saints with that pick that they acquired. What do you think about the Cowboys? Obviously, you got an affiliation with them. Oh, um, it's a proven year for Dak. You you don't play good this year. We're going to look for something else. Hey, we love you, Dak. A lot of money. But you got to get across the hump right now. He does. That Kellen Moore offense. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to go. And you know, like Zeke. Chargers. Zeke still a free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows what happens with Zeke? Where it ends up? But they got Tony Pollard still, yep. right? That run game is about to become a much more prevalent part of that Cowboys offense. I think that's going to help quarterback. I think it's going to help Dak. And hopefully, Mike McCarthy still knows how to call a game and everything. Because if he doesn't, Dak's done and Big Mike's done. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting but year that they're staring down down there. In the last year, they both had what? They rushed over like, a lot. I want to say 2,000 together combined, I want to say. But. That got to make the plays. He's running about 45, yeah. 50 times a game. Added yeah. Brandon Cooks. They really, they're they going all in on Dak making it happen this year. Big Mike ain't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Big Mike ain't. That's because Jerry isn't, I think. But, yeah, you're right. The Cowboys are always going to have enough star power to potentially win a Super Bowl right. every year. Every year it's going to be like, we have enough players. We should be able to win a Super Bowl. The guys we have in here are enough to get us to a Super Bowl at certain positions. And then it's like – Another year, Groundhog's Day did not happen. This team stinks. Everything needs to change. That's the Cowboys, baby. I got that's Cowboys football. Yeah, and they don't have the luxury of like managing expectations. Like that's not a thing. Like you have a team who just went to the Super Bowl in your division, who's very, very good. Like doesn't fucking matter. Right. People expect the Cowboys to win the division and go play for a Super Bowl, whether they're good enough to or not. Like that doesn't matter. And everybody's going to see it because they're on prime time every week. Exactly, America's that's, team. Last call. Well. Not America. It is kind of, it's still American teams when <laughs> Only it comes. Rooney's what other down. what other team that don't share no revenue when it comes to apparel True. and everything? Yeah, I mean Jerry. Cowboys. Jerry is a hell of a negotiator. Smart. Yeah, yeah, he is a good businessman. Mm-hmm. That guy's a good businessman. Yes, he is. What's going on over there? He's a good businessman. Last call here on the Five Hour Energy phone line one eight three three four three two three six six three. If you weren't able to get through today, we'll be back on it tomorrow. Go to fiveenergy.com. Use promo code Mac if you receive twenty percent off. Your order of five-hour energy. Gary Player just drained a 20-footer. Hell yeah, Gary. What a putt by oh, Gary Player. In the part three deal or what? Yeah. They changed that part three this year, right? I think they changed a few holes on yeah, that part three. Yeah, I believe they did. From what I heard, I think mm-hmm. they – from what I heard. What I, I read just, on Just from watching on the internet, yeah. I think they changed Scooty that part three. Scooty hit a hole, hole in one. He's, he's dotted. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Look Put a quick out. 500 on him. He was plus 700. Let's go to the last call of the day here. Let's go to Braden in Michigan. Braden, what's going on from the Mitt? Yo, what's on? What's going on, boys? How you doing? Keep moving. Thank you. Yep. Good boy. You did it. Uh, I just wanted a quick question for Tone. Um, I'm a Lions fan, but Steelers are my second team here. That's not a thing. NFC, AFC. The team on. didn't go to the fucking playoffs for okay, 45 years. I dealt years. with a guy who did that before, yeah. and it ruined my life. So hang up on this. <laughs> and I'll actually say this. Some of my best friends are, are Steelers fans, not Lions fans. It's kind of a thing in Michigan. Steelers are just a big team. Yeah, America's team. Because yeah. wheels, on, wheels <laughs> on the boss went round and round. I make, it out, I make yeah. it out to Heinz each year for a game. Now it's called the Shure, so we make it out to the Shure. Lower respect. I was just wondering, Tone, would you rather uh, take a tackle maybe like Paris Johnson or, uh, you know, any of those guys out of Ohio, which we currently own here in Michigan? <laughs> Don't want to say that too oh. 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 Suck it, Hawk. Corner, kind of like Joey Porter Jr., Tello Weatherspoon. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on 
He wants to know what Steelers are going to do in the draft. I hope they thought. take offensive line the first fucking three rounds. Need it. Especially with Canada's offense with not being able to really design anything that can be explosive, so you're going to need to run the ball. Plus, you win a game in the trenches. <laughs> we saw it with the Eagles. We, we saw the Chiefs have a great O-line. The Niners have a great O-line. Yeah. O-line. O-line. All right. We'll figure out the corner. They added in free agency, too. They did. Got they got, all they got some guys. Mm-hmm. Herbig, 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 right? who's a massive son of a Still bitch. Still need tackles. All right. Well, hopefully they'll be able to figure it out. Can't wait for us to try to predict what every team's going to do during the yeah. draft spectacular. This one's going to be bigger and more enjoyable for us, at least, mm-hmm. than ever. Hell yeah. For everybody. We got some real surprises, AJ. Real surprises. Can't wait. I like being surprised like everybody else. We're, be- we're exploring the space. You know, we're really exploring the space. Use every inch. We're gonna try to at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Uh, Pack, you want to do a giveaway for the fine people on this winter Wednesday? Bye. Smile me. What do you want to do, Pack? Uh, oh shit! Make some putts. Smile me. Fucking putt things. Putts? I mean, we're one day from the Masters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh putt, yeah. Putts hard too, isn't it? Do it. He's not happy. All you gotta do is uh, go one of five. Football. All you gotta do is go one of five. Not, Pack. One. I have to make, make one. Oh, bro, I'm going two of five. Okay. okay, all right. Go down. Make five. You go two of five. We'll give 15 people $500 Boom. Damn. on this Masters No pressure. Week. That's all you got to do. And all the people got to do to win is just retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, you sure. know, make the world a little bit better place, yeah. and then put the most efficient way to pay you electronically. Oh, something happened yeah. to uh, Cash App. Yeah. T's and P's. No for one, pulled it left again. Dude, let's go ahead and uh, let's remember that. Here we go. Let's Pump remember that. Good, speed. good speed. Look at those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this fucking game. Mm. Hope you're happy, AJ. Hope you're happy. He's going to make this one. Okay. Adam Pac-Man Jones, another left roll. Man. Fix that green. Somebody needs to fix that break. Move the ball this way he towards the stage straight. a little bit. More, move the ball towards the stage a little bit. Get right in between the two holes. Boom. That's a, that's too far. Yeah, maybe back a little bit the other way. <laughs> There's a... Oh, well, you were there. Go for it. You were there. 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 just had it. Y'all fucking with me? No, back towards you. No, there's like a... There's a spine. I think there's a spine. No, a little bit more towards you. Boom. Right there, I think. Come on. Oh, this one's going in for sure. Ooh. All, all Pac-Man's got to do is go two or three here, and 15 people win $500. Oh, this would be mm. big. Here we go. Here we go. Nice. Okay. Pac-Man just got to go one or two here. 15 people win $500 to retweet this video. Say something nice to somebody and put their most efficient and easy way to pay you electronically, whether that's Venmo, PayPal, or Cash App. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, oh man. We got to move that ball. It should have been lifted more weights earlier. Oh, instead of running on the treadmill. Oh, he oh. slap you in the mouth. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, you got one more ball. It'll be fine. Hey, that one would have went in, though. That's good news. Yeah, that was, yeah. right on. You're pretty yeah. much two for two right now. All you got to do is good nail luck. this last yep. one. Yeah. And 15 people win $500. I saw, Come on, you little gold ball. I saw Pac think about Connor for a good second. Yeah. yeah I, I, I thought, smacking the taste out of his mouth. With, with the putter. Club. With yeah. the putter, yeah. yeah, yeah. With the putter. Don't worry. We'll, we'll all be friends when he makes this. So violent. Oh, the silence was deafening. Yep. Yep. Ah! Pac-Man Jones just won 15 people, $500, wow. who retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put the easiest way to pay you electronically, whether that's PayPal, Venmo, what? Cash App, Recipes of the Founder. Uh, but congratulations, Pac. That was awesome. Hey. I made it, AJ. Right.
You would have I won- knew you would, man. Hell yeah. I knew you would. You would have won three or three on those last three, but two or three was good enough to win uh, for the beautiful Don't people. You're fucking hating. That's why. Well, that's I'm not why. Hating. That motivated you. That made you better. Help. Yeah. That made yeah. you better. George Kittle was great today. Thank you to him. Drew Rosenhaus was fantastic, and so was Eli Manning. AJ, what a performance from the attic. All the boys in the back, everybody else. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to do this every single day. This has been the Pat McAfee Show. We're going to Chef Bo's. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.